0: Welcome back to another episode of the Shop and Chivalry podcast. Today, I talk with an Air Force recruiter, but not just any Air Force recruiter. I talk with uh, Tech Sergeant Kristen Andrews, and he's more than just a recruiter. He's also an air transportation tech, he, and he's also an airman. We talk about his time during childhood where he was raised alongside nearly 10 brothers and sisters under the strict rule of a Marine father. We have a great laugh about his experience surrounding smuggling candy. He discussed his own anger issues and his way to get to the bottom of those issues while in the service. Those issues nearly cost him his career. Truly, he potentially could not be in the service today if not for the work of his superiors who saw something special within him. Texar and Andrews and I also talk about a few current event issues in the service too. The service is going through an, exist, an existential reorganization of its principles and values. We are seeing those enterprise-level changes permeate all the way down to the lowest levels of the organization. I got in touch with Sergeant Andrews after a viral recruitment video he made. He shot a hip-hop video called Hashtag Team Blue. It was a well-put-together video where he talks about the Air Force as a whole, and the lyrical talent, I must say, is self-evident. His video was shared by Headquarters Air Force and the Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force as well. Sergeant Andrews is well-spoken and carries with him the the stature of a giant and a leader. He's formidable at first glance, but also calm and welcoming. It was a great pleasure to sit and talk with him. He also shows the complexity of humans and how we are constantly in a state of change and improvement. I found comfort in how relatable that is. I felt as though I've known this dude for years, and I think that comes off in the interview. I hope you all enjoy the episode. I've watched it twice since I recorded it. Everyone, please welcome Sergeant Kristen Andrews. I couldn't decide if it was, uh, like, Kristen, Christian, Christen. I've heard that as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, so it's Kristen. uh, Just Chris and then number 10. Um, But actually, funny story, like, my parents actually, it came down to Christian or Kristen. Um, And then uh, I guess the story is my dad had this, like, college friend um, whose name was Kristen. And I've never met this dude, so Uh it's kind of crazy because... I've never met this guy by right. my name. Put your, put your name like 90% of the people in my life have called me Christian. Like, the only people who call me, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's like, mama, you should have just named me. And she's like, well, we were doing what, you know, we just wanted to do something sentimental for your dad's friends. So, you know, if you want to change your name when you get older, you can do that. And it's like, too late now. I named my, my firstborn. His middle name is Christian. So yeah. I got to keep it now. <laughs> so, Must
0: have been a meaningful friend, though. I mean. You would think so, but I've never met this
1: guy. So it's just like. How legit is this story? Like, I feel like <laughs> you named me after this guy supposedly. Right. I feel like I would have met him in childhood or something. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I have no idea of this guy's existence. So fair enough. Yeah. Fair
0: enough. All right. Well, uh, if you're ready, we'll go ahead and get started.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Shop and Jewelry Podcast. Uh, my special guest today here is uh, Sergeant uh, Kristen Andrews. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, Sergeant. Chris, well, they call me Sergeant Drews on uh, Sergeant Drews, okay. Social media, but um, yeah, technical Sergeant Kristen Andrews and uh man just happy to be here happy okay to be here.
0: well uh, why don't you tell us about yourself
1: well uh so i'm a technical sergeant in the united states air force uh i've been in active duty for about nine years now uh started my career as a reservist from uh, georgia I'm from southwest georgia Albany, georgia me and my wife both from there um and traveled the world uh saw amazing things places people um Started out playing football, um, and then that didn't really You don't go look anywhere.
0: like it man. You look a little too small to play some football. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All
1: right. I'm a tennis player <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> But yeah, and uh uh military man and Air Force in, in in specific has uh allowed me to, you know, travel the world mm-hmm. and um and my latest assignment is recruiter here okay. here in Jackson County. So
0: What position did you play in football?
1: So I started out. It's believe it or not, I started out small. So I went. My wife will tell you, like when we first met in high school, I was like five, six, five, seven, about a buck sixty. Okay, and then, um, like I would always. So that's why I started working out. Period. Because. My brother's tall, my uncle's tall, like all you know, and I would tell my mom, like, Mom, when, when am I gonna grow? And she would always say, like, What an the possible yeah, are, right? like, <laughs> And she's like, Don't worry, you're gonna grow. And I'm like, Man, I'm sixteen years old, seventeen, like I'm still, you know. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna accept my fate. I'm gonna be about five, seven, but I'm a I'm gonna be as wide as I am tall. Like, yeah, there I'm gonna you go to this gym. So I started lifting <laughs> weights and uh, you know, playing football, and that's where that came from. Um and then all of a sudden like crazy, I just remember like one summer, like I just like my like my voice got deeper, my 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 chest got broad and I thought like I was scared. Like I, I actually thought <laughs> might I might have a
0: medical condition yeah, or something? Yeah,
1: I thought so. Like I thought it was. Um and I was I wasn't really educated with like, you know, I thought like like even like STDs, I thought that I didn't really understand how that happens, like yeah. how how that, you know, works. Um yeah. You know, because I was a Persian, like so. I'm thinking, like, man, I caught something in the air from somebody who, <laughs> so it's just like my, you know, I'm, my, you know, my, my, you know, my voice is, you know, uh, dropping and changes down there. So I thought that's what it was, and then, um, I, <laughs> yeah, crazy story. And then I, um, yeah, I grew um, and and got up to you know six one and 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 that's my my position's changed so i started out at uh wide receiver mm-hmm. and then cornerback and then as i got bigger they started moving me to safety and then okay let's move him up in the box cuz he yeah. had size on him and mm-hmm. then out you know inside linebacker outside linebacker and that's pretty much where i, I settled at
0: okay so, okay yeah. excellent yeah I've, I've been the same height since 7th grade so oh, wow. yeah okay. yeah i was i was 5-9 in 7th grade so i played post but now this was during the time so after 911 my dad deployed uh, to Diego Garcia. I don't yeah, know if you've they, ever heard of the place. Yeah, they, it's, yeah amazing. Right, right. it's amazing.
1: It's amazing. It's a
0: resort. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was his one one deployment in twenty four years. What a joke, <laughs> but uh, seriously, seriously, okay. seriously. Okay. But I got but his but, but you know he came at, exactly. Yeah, yeah he yeah. came in like he was he wasn't qualified enough I think to do the Desert Storm Desert Shield. Okay. He didn't have to get involved in Bosnia or Kosovo. So in the nineties it was like kind of this, this golden era like we weren't really at war you right, know, Right, uh, so. After that, I, I moved to Texas and I played basketball out there uh, for my seventh grade year while while he was deployed. And in Texas, Texas football,
2: it's yeah, all football. Yeah, and
0: absolutely. so, in seventh grade, I was the only one that had ever played organized basketball. But I played guard because at the time it was like, and one was coming out, you know, right. the and <laughs> one mix team. I was yeah. watching the professor, right. hot sauce, oh, yeah. skip to my loose, you know, all yeah, the yeah, all yeah. these guys. And so, I was a ball handler, but because of my height, they moved me to post. And I remember uh, being like, the coach was frustrated because these kids playing point would go down the court, bouncing the ball and watching the ball like this, right? <laughs> right and so he got right. frustrated. And so he wanted to do a point guard trial. So so I became the tallest point guard in the district because I, be, because I became a uh, point. And of course, everybody else grew and I stayed the same height. So I found a per, permanent residency around the perimeter. But, gotcha. um, but yeah, it's funny how that works, man. I went into basic at 160.
1: Yep. Really? 160?
0: Yeah. Yep. Okay. And then uh, I came out 12 pounds heavier. You So you gained weight during basic. Look, let me tell you. Uh, so my dad was a... Was a power lifter, you know, okay. bodybuilder type of guy, and so he told me probably to go in, eat, uh, get the calories because okay. they're going to work you. And so I was, man, peanut butter went on everything. I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure so you know. were prepared. Yeah, you yeah.
2: knew what was coming. Look,
0: the best advice, and this might be some advice you 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 might tell some recruits: uh, don't volunteer first, right? Don't yeah. volunteer last. <laughs> stay middle of the stay pack. Middle of the pack. Yeah. My, my fifth week, the TI stopped the flight and asked me if I was supposed to be in this flight and in that moment i was like i I won i won i'm almost out of here he didn't even know my name name.
1: (laughs) yeah you want that you you win basic military training absolutely now i I got uh pointed like singled out from the from the jump like the ti's they saw you're going to yeah yeah they were like that like that's the you're probably dorm leader right so so the funny story uh i was supposed to be so what happened was we were in transition like there was a prior ti or, yeah, we had our original TI, he, and he picked um, my friend, um, whose also name was Chris, as well, to be the dorm chief. And he was leaving out, though, so we had an incoming new uh, uh, training instructor, and he picked me. Like, he was redoing everything, and he was just like, yeah, I want Andrews to be my dorm chief. And then the old TI was like, well, oh, I mean – I mean, it's your show. You can run it like you want, but, I mean, actually, I already had, you know, Chris over here. He's already, you know, so, so they stayed. That's
0: so me. relatable. to like active duty, you know, like. <laughs>
1: right, right, right. That's exactly how that <laughs> that's goes. That's exactly how it goes. Right, yeah, yeah, it's your show. Yeah, it's your However, show. I strongly advise. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, would, it would behoove you, right? Oh, right, right yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. That's, that's the word. Right, yeah. That's what, that's what happens. <laughs> It was like passive aggressive, just, you know, strong arm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's what happened, and I, I ended up being uh, the fourth element leader. Um, but I mean, essentially, throughout the, the entire process, I was kind of like the, the de facto dorm keep, yeah. if
0: you will. How yeah. tall were your were your element leaders? Because so so you would have been on the right side, which you should have been the shorter side, right? So you must have taller tapped all the way to the left.
1: Right, oftentimes, right. right. Um, so no, but we had some tall. We had some I tall. I was people. gonna say if you were yeah, <laughs> because yeah, normally they organize
0: them in that right, way. Right,
1: right, right, right. So so you, we had a, a six foot eight, um, yeah, six foot eight guy there, six foot six, and then six five, and then me. So it went six eight, six six, six five, and six one. So, were they drafting?
0: Uh, um, right, yeah, we, <laughs> recruits at the time. My goodness,
1: it's just the way it worked out. But um, yeah, I remember. I remember that uh, the whole basic military training experience for me was, uh, was, I loved it. And, but I, I, there was like so many stories that came out of that. Like I actually should have, I actually did get kicked out of the air force at basic military training. believe it or not. Um, so yeah, just quick story. I mean, and it's just other stories like this. So I used to have a temper. Um, and that's why football was like, you know, mm-hmm. my, my go-to and then working out was like my go-to, um, cause I had like a lot of pent up, you know, issues uh, with childhood or whatnot um, at my dad at the time and so it didn't take much to, to to push my buttons if you knew how to push them yeah outside of that I remained pretty quiet and reserved to myself but one night um, I don't know if you remember EC duty oh yeah okay so I was on EC me and another guy and uh, it was lights out what well, was like five minutes prior to night lights out at the time. So I'm doing my rounds and uh one of these guys, uh he's actually he was from Mississippi, I, I believe it or not. Uh he's talking to my EC partner in the bathroom. And so I'm like, hey, five minutes till lights out. And I come back around again and it's like two minutes. I'm like, hey, y'all need to be wrapping up, it's two minutes like lights out. So I remember walking away, and uh as I'm walking away, my EC partner goes, Hey man, you know, uh, Andrew's just right. Like it's we should probably get, you know, I got to get back on duty and you should probably, you yeah. know, go to sleep. And uh I just remember uh like hearing him say, well, you know, I'm not afraid of, you know, that, you know, explicit word and I just like once I heard that, he couldn't see me cuz I had uh, the way the bathroom was situated was, you know, it was kind of um it was like a dorm room and then you had a hallway. So yep, I'm in the yep. hallway so they can't see me. And I'm just listening, and I heard it. Once I heard that, I kind of turned back around and honestly I, I wasn't I was just gonna like say, you know, what did you say and confront him?" It was, it was all gonna be conversation. Um, my temper didn't rise until I walked back in the room and he looked at me and he looked like he had seen a ghost. like like, oh, he heard that. um and then for some reason, once I saw that face, I got even more upset, and I just like charged him, saw like just saw red, charged him blacked out. When I came to, uh, there's I don't know if I should be telling the story, but this is what happened. There's blood all over the the wall and there's blood on the floor. And I don't I'm looking like bewildered, like I have no idea what just happened. And uh my my EC partner is looking at me and then the guy, um I don't I don't wanna say his name, but he's from he's from here. Yeah. Um, he was just screaming and holding his knee and screaming like in pain, like so the T.I. comes upstairs, like, you know, what is going on up there? Yeah, yeah. He sees the blood. He's like, and he just starts, he's like, oh, my God. Like, mm. oh, he starts panning. Like,
0: you think he's more upset about having to do the paperwork that followed? I, that's what it was. <laughs> because <laughs> actually, so
1: at, at that time, like, it was a string of of trainee on trainee violence that okay. was going on. And oh, so it was an issue. It was an actual issue. And so the section uh, at the time, like, I don't know if you want to call them section chief or a section supervisor, whatever. If the office, He was an officer, O3. Yeah. Uh, the captain was, uh, he was like, get him out of here. Like He was pretty much like, you know, we. this is the hot topic right now. Yeah, um, you're done. Then yeah. You're done. Yeah, get him out of here. He, he's gone. <clears throat> so I was told to pack everything. And so in my mind, I'm just like, I cannot believe that just like that, my whole experience in trying to get into the Air Force is over.
0: It, it, it must be frustrating, too, for you to not actually be able to – recall it and so you can't have this moment of like reconciliation with it like kind of go back and say could I have done something different because you have no idea
1: exactly and that and that was the first telltale sign that you know I had had issues because this will come into play later in my Air Force career Mm. this anger issue um but you know being a kid back then I'm not processing that I'm just like oh well stuff happens um so I'm packing my things up um the next day and I'm, uh, I'm in my blues. I'm, I'm I'm waiting for the bus to take me to the out processing. So
0: if you had your blues, you were in like probably what week four or five? Like like you were on the latter half yeah, getting ready to graduate.
1: Yeah. Week yeah, I want to say it was week either four or five. Yeah, yeah week four. I think it was four. It had, was week four. Yeah. Had you
0: gone through the um, what Base X thing and warrior week?
1: No. So so when I went through it was it was beast. It beast. Was, yeah. Yeah. Ba- uh, yeah. Basic expeditionary uh, airman skills training. Skills training. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I hadn't gone through beast yet. Um, so it was like right before. It must have been four then, week four. Yeah, week four. It was and you, four. And you guys were on six and a half week or eight mm-hmm. and a half? Uh, we were eight, eight and a half. At okay, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, well, well then it could have been six or seven then.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I think Beast Week was week six, six. if I'm not mistaken. Okay, well, we're at then.
0: four or yeah. five. Sorry. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, so I'm, I got all my stuff. I got my duffel bag, and I'm formulating a scheme in my mind, like, because I can't go back home to Mama and tell her, like, I failed, right? Like, she's mm. like – like like I got nine brothers and sisters and we're all from the like same same batch so uh, and my mother like raised us um, you know to respect each other respect everybody to do your best um, and even my even my pops man like he's a marine so like the one thing I did like take from him that stayed with me even to this day regardless of our past issues was you, you your last name's on everything not your first name like you're representing your last name. Mm. Um, so, I feel like a failure because the Andrew, like I had like disowned, you know, a legacy, I feel like. Um, so, I formulated a scheme. I'm not going to tell her that I got kicked out of, you know, BMT for Air Force. I'm going to link up with an Air Force, with a Navy recruiter when I get back to Atlanta. And then um, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just like right in my mind, I'm going to lay low, stay with my, live with my brother who lives in Atlanta, and then get a, get a ship out date for the Navy. Not really like connecting the dots. Like, man, this is probably going to follow you. Like, if you yeah. got kicked out of a, of a boot camp for a branch a yeah. service is probably going to be on some type of record, you know, yeah. some type of, um, you know, paperwork or whatnot. But again, I, you know, I'm not thinking that, um, in my young mind. And I just remember being at the bus stop and I see, um, my T I like running out full sprint towards me. And, uh, so he gets up to me, he's all out of breath. He's like, <laughs> he goes, <laughs> Trini Andrews. He's just I'll never forget him. He's like his five foot four. Like he was either Guamanian or Filipino, but he's like he's this whoa short dude. And he's like Was he uh, bald? Uh no, he wasn't bald. He was okay. he had the buzz cut, but he wasn't bald. Okay. Um and he was like, he uh matter of fact, it's Laksina was his last okay. name, technical sergeant Laxina. And uh he's like uh go ahead and put go put your stuff up and then go to the and eat. <laughs> like that. Yeah. And I'm just like staring there like uh, he goes, do you want to stand here and look at me or do you want to go eat I was like go, go, go eat sir he's like <laughs> so I go put my stuff up in the room um I'm the only one only one in blues in the chow hall obviously because it's a it's a normal day for them for me it was out processing I'm leaving so I'm the only one in blues and I'm eating and um at, at, at the table I'm at I happen to sit with my dorm chief and my the second element leader. And so we you know you got to you know you're eating and your yeah. face is down right so you can't like look up and talk to your you know your friend or your your um your flight mate or whatnot. so as we're eating though my dorm chief is trying to talk to me uh and tell oh, yeah. me what yeah, happened Oh
0: yeah it looks just like this just you know, like you're eating yeah. and you're, and, and you're talking under your breath, yep, you know, yep, and yep. even saying things like, Hey, slow
1: down eating. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> once the st- first person gets up, that's it. that's it, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah, Exactly. So he's just, he's like, Hey man, he goes, uh, dorm chief went to bat for you. I mean, he goes, uh, T.I. Uh, went to bat for you yesterday or all night. And I was just like, really? He's like, yeah. He goes, uh, don't look up. Don't look up. He's like, he went down to the um he was in the officer's office, um, Captain So and So's office, and he was just pleading for you. He was just like, Man, Andrews is a good kid. Um, he's our leader in PT. Like, you know, the, the, board, the you know, all the guys really take to him. Um, you know, he, he's just a good he's a good guy. I don't know what happened, but I really think we should give him another shot. Um, I think he was just a good kid in a bad situation, wrong time. Um, and they bought it. Like they they the Air Force took a chance on me. So that's the first time the Air Force took a chance on me.
0: I don't like that word.
1: They bought it. They bought it. You they right.
0: probably realized what they had.
1: In my mind, that's, though, that's right. Yeah, but right. from my perspective, they yeah. bought it because for me, I knew, I knew I messed up. Right. So for me, I'm like, I know you did, worked. but you didn't because you can't recall it. I, right. Something happened <laughs> Some, and you were involved. Right. Right. You right. know. But at the time, like in the in the in the young adult mind of mine, sure, I owned it all. I took responsibility for mm. it. Also, in my mind, wow, they really. They Saw, so I, I'm not thinking like, yeah, today I'm like, well, no, they saw potential, maybe, or they saw that, something. you know, yeah, some circumstances might have, you know, been uh, to the extreme to push me to that point. But at that time, I'm just like, no, that was my fault. I I attacked this dude, um, and he because he didn't attack me, he just said a word, and yeah. then I went full, you know, full throttle. So in my mind, it's like, man, they bought it, you know, that was my that was my mindset yeah, at the time, yeah, um, yeah, so.
0: Where does where does that come from for you, that that sense of innate responsibility? Like you have to take responsibility. Is there is what
1: Um I mean, I'm gonna have to say just my upbringing, really. Um mm-hmm. like I said before my parents divorced, uh, it was just like a strict like I said, he he my father retired, uh Marine Corps, twenty eight years, master gunnery sergeant. And he those principles that he, you know, learned through the Marines, he bought home uh early in early in my childhood. So like for, for trouble, like, we get in trouble, we're doing, we're sitting, we're holding the wall up, wall up. we're doing, you know, we're sitting on the yeah, wall, yeah. Uh, we're doing push-ups, we're doing pull-ups, we're doing sit-ups, we're running, so PT was, like, a disciplinary uh, measure, but weirdly enough, I became, I, I I come to enjoy it, like, as a, as a, you know, as a kid, because it, it bred competition between me and my brothers, like I said, I have, so there's nine of us, there's five girls, four boys, all mm-hmm. from the same batch, like, all from the same parents, and um, so it was, when one person messed up they it, it was like everybody got in trouble because of that one person so mm-hmm. you know you just learn to own your mistakes yeah because you, know, you got you know you're going to get in trouble by the, by the dad or by you know by mama but uh at night man you, you're I do you got you got three brothers coming in the room and they are uh, they they whipping on you too <laughs> because <laughs> so that's where that that shared responsibility comes from but um but, it, but you
0: know, I'm, I'm I bet y'all were pretty close too, so so if somebody was getting in trouble, you didn't want mom or dad to know, so so oh, maybe yeah. you cover that, unless, and see, there's there's, there's so much to unpack there too, because, right, you gotta take care of your brothers and sisters too, like, you can't be mean to them, because right. you might need that one person to take, to, exactly. to, to have exactly. your back, so exactly. you learn about relationships and about how to, oh yeah,
1: early <laughs> on, early on, it was, uh, so, I, I again, strict household, right, so, no candy, and it was crazy because, like, my mother was, like, she, even to this day, like, she's 61, but if you if she walked into this room right now, you would think she was like late thirties. Like she's just always taking care of herself. Um, And then my father, you know, he was more the traditional, you know, fast food eater, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So it was just like growing up, but I remember we like candy for us was like the drug trade. And what I mean by that is when we, when we first like, like ventured out. So, before candy was just mints at church like that's the that's the sweetest thing we were, we'd ever had was mints like those uh lightsaber mints. yeah yeah and so my mother would let us have those because she you know in her mind okay that's not as bad as candy but no candy whatsoever so what happened was we got used to those and then one day my older brother it was a gateway
0: man yeah it was a gateway it was a, and he
1: goes, <laughs> he goes guys guys, <laughs> guys did you guys know that they have colored Lifesaver mints But they're color The lifesaver He was talking about The lifesaver yeah, yeah. candies yeah. He's, He goes That's not bad We, I think we can have those Because <laughs> it's just like The lifesaver mints It's just color That's all and We're like Yeah we'll try it So we sneak it And then that just opened up the trade, right, to where now we're saving allowance money to bring in the family-sized bags of candy. (laughs) And I was the fastest runner, right? So they would send me. So anytime, like, my mama was out or they was, like, you know, doing whatever at church or whatever, they'd send me to the shopette. We lived in – this is when we were stationed – my dad was stationed in Okinawa, Japan. Okay. there was a base um, next to Camp Courtney, called Camp McTee or Camp McTorris. And it was really just a family housing area. But they had a school, to elementary school, they had a youth center and then they had a shopette. So they sent me to the shop at uh, because where our house was was the furthest point away from the shop. Shopette. The shop right by the gate. And we live like, you know, up on the hill. So I run down there, I have a little paper that they wrote, everybody what you know wrote what they wanted. I, I got it, you know. So they, they saw this kid come in, like, at least twice a week buying loads of candy. And they are probably thinking to themselves, like, what? Like, this this kid, this, their parents He can, he can put it. some
0: candy
2: down. Right, right. He can put some candy down. So I'll down. bring the candy
1: back. I'm dishing out. Okay, Mark, you had the gummy bears. All right, Char, you had the, you know, the Snickers. Martino, we had the jelly beans. And then we would hide the candy in our drawers. Like, it was like a, we, we were getting addicted to sugar. And it was, like, literally, like, and I don't, I don't say this to, to, you know, demean the drug, you know, people with actual drug issues, but I'm right. just saying for us, it was like a microcosm of like what that society was like, because in our household, it was all about candy. And yeah. it, it led to backstabbing, betrayal. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling mommy mean, you had those, those snickers. <laughs> like, you wouldn't dare. You wouldn't dare. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: if you expose me, I'm, I'm going to expose you. you. <laughs> yeah.
1: and, well, you're the king, Pam Martino. You got three bags of candy. You're bringing it. Th- it was, yeah, it was crazy. But, but. you
0: know, it's like, I mean, Objectively speaking, you were the mule.
1: Yeah, you were the mule. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was the one. You, but, I was but You one. had
0: the most like value. It sounds like.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, because I was the transportation. That's like, right. I'm the one bringing you the That's product. Right, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I now remember Say what you want, but if you keep talking, maybe I don't bring may, something may, back maybe for you. Maybe the transport lines just stop. They just dry up. Maybe the routes just divert. It just, right, it just know know? happens. It just happened. Yeah. It happened. And uh, I remember one time uh, we had a big order, right? A big shipment, quote unquote, right? And we're like, okay, we're gonna wait till they go out. And it was a Thursday. I'll never forget this. It was a Thursday night. My parents would try to do this thing like date night. Yeah. Um, and so for th- they went out Thursday. And as soon as they left, like we try to leave, as soon as they left, that way we knew we could. We had way more time to enjoy our candy sure. and watch TV, like the Channel 8 AFN, yeah. right? That's what we'd do. And uh, so I remember they left. I waited about 10 minutes to make sure they're gone, and I jet off to the shop at, right? I get the candy, and this was a large shipment this time, man. Sure. So I got about, you know, at least eight bags of family-sized candy, uh, you know, candy in my, in, in my hand. And I'm strolling back because all is good. You know, they just went out. They should be gone for a couple of hours. You know, the world is, the world is golden right now. Yeah. And then I see uh, their car come, like, turn, I'm by the gate. I had just crossed the street from the shop. And I'm by the gate. And I start cutting through the houses on the grass. And then the main road, you know, was, like, to my left. And I see their car turn back in the gate. And it's them. And my heart starts racing, right? So I start. I'm hitting a 4-3, right? <laughs> All the way back home. And as soon, I, I get to the back of the house, and as soon as I said, now I'm trying to tell them, like, guys, mom and dad are back. They're back. The door opens, and... Uh, we were this close to getting caught, so I we I I climbed the roof in the back in the back of the house. They go around the front because they're just coming in the house. I climbed the roof in the back of the house, leave the candy on on, on the roof, climb through to my sister's window to get in her room to get back in the house, because uh, I guess they got they got into an argument and they were pretty much like date night is off. We don't yeah. want to talk. To you. Yeah, I'm not taking you out. Yeah, that's what happened. So we near our cover was nearly blown uh at, at that at that time, but you know we were able to keep the the, the candy trade going for a couple more years. And, uh, And then finally it all blew up because my brother got, you know, greedy. He started, he was taking, he got bold with it, honestly. Like, like he was buying candy with my, we'd be out with my mother and she would run into the store real quick and he'd be like, Hey Chris, go get this, or, I, or go, I'm gonna go get that. And I'm like, bro, like, mom here. Like, we usually do this when it's date night, when they're not around. Like, what are you doing? This is like, this is
0: this is very much <laughs> like this is this is the plot of American Gangster. <laughs> that's what this is. You know, yeah. a family member gets a little too greedy. Yep,
1: you know, right. or your he party gets up. a little too greedy. He blew it up, man. You know, we had a good thing you're,
0: going. I, I know you're being too loud in here right, right now. Right, right, you right. You know, we
1: got to keep a low key. So yeah, he, that's what it was. He he got he was the, and like I said, he's the oldest, right? So he mm-hmm. was kind of the quote unquote. Kingpin, like he, you know, controlled the distribution of the candy. Who was yeah. getting what? Yeah, the, you could trade candy, but only if he approved it. It was, mm-hmm. it was a whole system. We had a whole system down, and he got greedy, and and he was taking risk, and he decided to buy candy while my mother was out with us, and she came out and saw him with the candy in his hand, and that's when it all blew up. So then she started checking behind drawers, and then all these rappers, months of I like, was,
0: I was just wondering, like, yeah. like how are y'all getting rid of like the. The candy um, wrappers.
1: So, what I do, so we hid it in our drawer. We eat. The, I would eat the candy, and then um, basically we would do PT. Like I said, like strict. You know, family. We got to run every morning for calisthenics. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I would just take the trash out in the morning, like volunteer to just take the family trash out. Um, and and you I, just dump. Everything. I would just dump everything. And yeah, out, yeah. Look at you. So it was a system, man. It's it was, pretty sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. So so let's let's get back to basic. So uh, you went to so you got back in, finished basic, right?
1: And yeah. did you pick your job or? Um, so I got back in and then I, I told, like, I had said a prayer, you know, to God, I was like, if you let me get back in, like, I'm going to dedicate the rest of my time here to like be my best self. So I pushed myself and I actually graduated as an honor grad from basic uh, training. And wow. then, um, so like I said, I went in reserve first. Right. So I already knew my job prior to coming to basic training. Right. Um, I just didn't know what it was. And you remember, do you remember that day where you had one day to ask the TI anything? Yeah. And now he, you could actually talk like human beings. And right, right. So people were asking him what, what this job meant, what's this job, and what's that job. So I asked him, I was like, um, you know, sir, um, training Andrews reports, order, uh, what is 2T2X1? It's like air transportation. what What is that? And he goes, I have no idea what that is. I was just like, oh, great. Like I'm thinking like I'm gonna travel with planes, so I'm gonna see the world sure, and sure. cargo. And uh and then it wasn't until I got to tech school which at the time was in san antonio was at lackland um i realized that i would not be it the, the loadmaster was the job that i was supposed i should have got that
0: you were you were getting everything to the point to where it would right. actually take in off but you stopped at the exactly. ramp yeah you stopped, stopped at, the, at the ramp right
1: <laughs> yeah and once i realized that like, we, we don't get on the plane like so, no no we bring the cargo on the k-loader and then you know we the loadmaster spots us up to the aircraft and we give them the cargo Oh, and, and then after to get the cargo, then we yeah. go on with the, like, we go with them, right? No, no, you just go back to the k and you just go back to your shop and yeah. do it again. Like, well, when do we get to fly with the plane? It's like, no, you do Nah, dog, you don't. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Like, yeah. you're not getting it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> now, you know, luckily <laughs> as a reservist, um because in the reserve world, it's a little different to where they can be like, hey, if your commander is cool with it, like, yeah, man, you come on with this on this next trip. If he, you know, if they'll cut you, you know, orders, you can come with us. And I was able to to experience that. That's awesome. Where all have you been? Um and that and and that from that um relationship, it was like local missions. Okay. So in the United States, um, Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. Um, oh, Chucktown. I love yeah. Chucktown. Oh yeah. It's a good time. Beautiful. Good time, uh, Chucktown. Yeah, Norfolk, Virginia. Yeah. It's pretty local, local area um, or regional United States, if you will. That's um, another good town, man. People don't realize uh
0: Norfolk is a is a really good time at night on the weekends and whatnot. It's a great downtown
1: area as well, and yeah. of course you always have ships in the backdrop out oh, there. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. that's awesome. Now to this day, man, Charleston. Like, I I've been trying to get to Charleston since I've been active duty charles like my wife will tell you, I've been trying to get to Charleston just from that experience. I was there three months. Yeah. And oh my god, Beautiful like out there, man. Beautiful. Like yep. just gorgeous weather and and,
0: and and you're closer to New York City if you want to get out there, D C which yeah. there's you know, there yeah. there's
1: weeks worth of things you can do in, in D C. Absolutely. And um so that was that was it for that. But um active duty, I mean, yeah, I mean deployments in in TDYs, I've seen amazing. Yeah. Amazing places. Yeah. I, I so that's why I said like the air force really was, uh, his, all, all I've known in my adult life, really. Uh-huh. Um, when it comes to just, like I said, that they took a, when they took a chance on me in basic, um, and then another situation would happen later on in my career when I was in Turkey. But both times they said, let's just, no, let's just give him the help he needs and, and keep him in. And by matter of fact, like my commander in Turkey, after the situation went down in Turkey, um, he was like, no, like they were like, get him out. Like this is just cause to kick this airman out. You know, I'm senior Airman Andrews at the time. And he was like, no, like, we're going to send him to a therapist. We're going to get to the, we're going to crack open and get to the root cause of what what's going on with this young man. Mm-hmm. And um, they did that. And uh, ever since then, um, I've just, yeah, like the Air Force has really, I don't want to say it saved me, but in so many levels, it, it's helped me um, <clears throat> just be successful at life.
0: Yeah, I I had a situation that I've talked about before where when I was in aircraft maintenance I was I was crewing a C seventeen and I was the head crew chief out there at the time. And at the time I was you know, I'd just come over from C fives where I was a flying crew chief and then now C seventeens and okay. uh, not everyone gets to do that job. That's like usually ten percent of the unit population is I allowed say to do yes. it. Yeah. So so I was a pretty good mechanic and I was a mechanic when I was in high school too. So it came easy to gotcha. me, you know what and I mean. You were a natural. Yeah, exactly. And and so I was out there um, pretty, pretty confident. I knew the jet really well. And they were, there was a flight crew out there testing like lights because they were doing a pre-flight, right? Mm -hmm. And so the fire T handles uh, for the engine would not light up. And so these T handles are things that you pull and when you pull them, they shut down the engine. So in case of a fire, they'll, they'll, they'll light up. And so you, you're the first thing you do is you pull those and it shuts off the fuel to the engine fire goes out. But then what it does is it arms what's called a squib and a a squib is a pyrotechnic, a little, like a 22 caliber kind of, you know, bullet that fires into a rupture disc that allows pressurized um, fire inerting substance to go into the engine. So if there's a fire, you can put it out in flight. Right. So all I had to do was pop the cap off of this T handle and Hmm. replace some bulbs. No problem, right? So in order to do that, you had had to pull the T-handle out. Now, there's no problem with that. You know, the engines aren't running. But, of course, what that does is arm those squibs. Right. Now, the circuit breaker I-15, and I still remember this, if I were to pull that out, it de-energizes the system. So I could press those buttons, you know, all day, nothing happens. I didn't. I got lazy. And I thought I was a little cocky. So I pull it out, pop the cap off, put the bulbs in, go to put the cap uh, on, Got it on, no problem. And so I carefully go to push it back in. Now, I've got experience with those handles because I, I was injured unqualified. And so in the simulator, you actually have to train and you get a simulation that there's a fire, so you have to pull it. And when you turn that handle to fire those squibs, you turn it a pretty good deal. Okay. Apparently, it's not the same on the plane. Okay. Because my hand was supported and it slipped and it mm. turned a bit. And I heard a pop. And then on the enunciator panel, it said, number one, uh, engine bottle out. Something to that effect. And in that moment, I was in denial. Because the pilot's like, you just fired the fire bottle, right? Well that like the plane's done, you know. And so oh, I was wow. like, No, I didn't do that. Because in my mind I'm like, I I am not gonna be the one responsible. Right, right. right like right. that's not me. That's
2: not true. That's right. not a mistake I make,
0: you know. <laughs> right. And so I go out there and there's like the the people on the ground heard it and they're around the engine, and then you know, there's like mist coming out from the engine. I realized what had happened. So I write the job up and then, you know, I call supply, there's zero Fire bottles in the Air Force inventory worldwide. Now, when I say worldwide, because we can pull from like the UAE has C-17s, the Brits, the French, the Australians, there is zero on planet Earth. OK, there are only two seven teams C-17s that were operational at Travis at the time. The other one was a reserve crew. OK. OK, so you'll appreciate this. They're brought in to do their training. And if they don't get their training, they're not current, they're which not means current. those people cannot fly and support the mission. Right. And there's two crews worth of people on this plane because they're all going to get their time. They were brought in. They're paid per diem, meals, yep, flight pay, yep, yep. all this stuff. Right. But the mission has priority. So guess what happens? The mission moves to that plane. So, so, so that reserve crew's bumped off. They don't get their training. They still get paid. So the Air Force loses out lose on, yeah. yeah, we're not talking about a $120,000 bottle at this point. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. that I've cost them in this moment where I could have just simply pulled that circuit breaker. Wow. So I get off the plane. I go in. I find my chief. I said, we need to talk. You know, it's very important because he was walking down the hall the other way. And I said, look, um, this is what happened. I did not have the book out. I did not follow procedure. I was the only one involved. I don't want you to waste any effort on an investigation. It's here. I'm the one who has to take this. Because right. I've got this principle about me, like, you've got a constitutional right to be a moron. You do. My issue, ethically, is when you allow your moronic behavior to affect, affect other others. people. Yeah. You know, yeah. never, never better yourself at the expense of another, right? right. right. So I didn't want any extra effort to go towards a problem that I made because there's already it's, it's bad enough. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I want to take a hundred percent of it, article 15, whatever. I won't fight it. Right. And he says, uh, Airman Bell, because at the time I was a senior airman, right. Waiting on, waiting on those staff results. Uh, he goes, this will go a long way. Right. And so we leave two weeks later. I see him in the hallway. I was like, look, I've got to know like what's, what's happening. You right, know, right. he's like nothing. Everything's fine. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, no, yeah, we, we took care of it thank you for being honest that was the extent of it what that was the extent of it right and so and so that person in that moment uh like i i i deeply appreciate the story that 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 you tell about kind of making a mistake right yeah and then of course the underlying feeling that you have that that ethic of like i'm going to take responsibility for this that you have because that connects with something i have and i don't know where it comes from if i'm honest yeah, yeah. but it, it, it's just something like I don't mind suffering in life. I mind when that suffering affects other affects people. Affects other people, absolutely. You know, absolutely. but that but that could have completely changed all yeah. sorts of things, opportunities, you know, promotion, yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, but that but that guy, uh, that chief, Chief Thomas, um, really, really went bad for me, and really, he had no reason to. I mean, I just kind of did my job. That was it. But so. you were honest though. Yeah, and and, and if you, you think about did,
1: it, he yeah, opened, he saw that.
0: But for some reason, that's built into the ethics of America as well. Like, if you go to court, just admit to it. We'll go easy right, on you, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah. And, 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 and so I learned that lesson, especially at that point. And so now, like, I fight to take responsibility for something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it's crazy,
1: man. It's crazy. So you left Turkey and... Yeah, uh, so I left Turkey. And um, so, like, the situation in Turkey, um, and, and, I mean, that was serious. Like it was, it was serious, um, had a lot going on in, in my personal life at the time. Uh, and so they were actually like, look, let's get him, you know, some help or whatnot. I, I, I spoke with a therapist. She dove into my childhood and uncovered all the root causes of, you know, the, the rage, the anger, um, everything. And so when I left Turkey, I my next base was McGuire, uh, in New Jersey. Uh, Joint Base McGuire, mm-hmm. and at this point, I had decided that you know the Air Force is taking enough chances on me that I'm not worthy to be in the Air Force. Like that was my thought process. Like sure, you know, like I'm, I'm coming back. You know, I have an Article 15 uh, from Turkey, um, but I should have been out. Should, like should open, like open shut case. Should have been out of the Air Force. So at this point, I'm like, you know what? I've dishonored my family name, right? The Andrews, um, and just the Air Force isn't for me. I don't, I'm deserved to be in the Air Force. So I'm just going to finish out my contract at the time I had a year left. Um, I'm going to finish out my contract I'm keep my head down, do my work and tr- make that transition um, to the outside and, you know, utilize my post 9-11 GI Bill and all that um, that I thankfully still had, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, so I get to McGuire. I remember when I in process, you know, you, you got to have that meet and greet with the commander and the chief and, they just, you know, so I'm I'm doing my my initial orientation, the meet and greet and whatnot, and so they see like the the 15, and they're asking about they're just like, um, hey, you know, um, Aaron Andrews, we just wanted to, you know, we we we've been uh, observing you like the last since you first got here, for the last couple of weeks or whatnot. We've been hearing nothing but great things about your work ethic, your your personality, and um, and then we're looking at this 15, and it just doesn't match up to us. Like we're just. We're we're just wondering. We want to hear your side of like what took place in Turkey, um, because you don't seem anything like right you know, the, the verbiage here on on this form. Um, so I was just honest with the with everything. I just told them you know everything. You know the the the, the anger. I mean I went I went far back even to basic training. I told them that story, um, and you know they're like, they're wow like okay like as a lot of personal information you just divulged to us. Like, wow, um, are you doing better? Like, you seem like you're doing better. I was like, well, oh, absolutely. You know, I'm doing better. And um, and they're like, are you gonna stay in? Like, you know, I know it's coming up to your your DOS. I was like, no, so you know, I think I'm gonna go ahead and transition. They're like, okay, all right, okay. Well, um, you know, we're here to support you. Um, and we just wanna let you know that we don't see you as you know your past. Mm. Um, you to us, we're we only care about. What you are today and what you are going to be in the future—that's huge, man. It was—it it was everything to me. Yeah, because it, yeah. In, the, in my mind, it essentially wiped the slate—the slate clean. Like I felt like that cloud was no longer over me um, in leadership size, and so I was able to work and learn the job and, and, and get more proficient in the job, uh, free of any outside influences.
0: People don't realize how important that is. You know, when if you feel, if you feel like you have to. Always have top cover of your work. You're doing more than just the job. Right, right. You're working more than that. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's that's something that I think uh, is not talked about in in a lot of PME is like, you know, as a as a you know leader as a manager, like one of your jobs because you because you may not be doing the, the tactical everyday things, but what you should be doing is creating an environment where people can just focus on those things.
2: Absolutely.
0: You know, and it sounds like they. They knew that. And, and, and I'd oh, say yeah. you were lucky to, to have those
1: those people who understood that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was the perfect situation for me at the perfect time. And um, that allowed me to just kind of start over in my mind and be yeah. able to continue. And so I remember um, shortly after that, they, they and the commander. Uh, I mean, this guy, he was like he was a, a, a master at just being a motivator. Okay. And and an inspira- you know an inspira- inspiration for people. So I'll never forget Colonel Barry Flack. Um, at the time, I believe he was Lieutenant Colonel. Okay. Barry Flack. And then our, my chief at the time was uh, Chief uh, Darius Drummond. Right. Okay. So Chief Drummond and and Colonel Flack. So they kept saying like he kind of uh the commander was like hey we got this deployment coming up and I know you're getting out I know you're getting out you know. <laughs> I Understand that I'm on your team. <laughs> right, I'm just saying you can put some extra money in your pocket. So, look, I don't re- you don't got to re enlist, just extend for the deployment, get some money before you. And I was like, that's, that's not a bad idea, uh, like, yeah. You know, I could, you know, save some extra money before I, I said, like, okay, yes, sir. I- I'll-, I'll go in it's good right, yeah, got me the Yeah, got me the deployment. Um, then, so then I deployed, come back. Um, and then I remember when I came back, I was in processing, and the chief, Chief Drummond, was out processing. Or oh, he had already, he was either out processing or he had already out processed, but he came back to like get his family or whatnot. Yeah. Either way, we uh, see each other in the hospital and he goes, uh, Hey, Andrews, what's going on, man? How you, How you doing? You're talking. He goes, Are you still getting out? Or I was like, Oh, yeah, so that's the plan right now. He goes, Okay. He said, But you studied for staff, right? Because at that time, you know, testing cycle had came up. I said, like, Yes, sir, I've been studying. He goes, Okay, all right, man. Well, how do you feel? So, I mean we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see, find yeah. out, right? We'll see. <laughs> um, you know, I was like, I I know, we'll we'll see what happens. But you know, I, I think um I did everything I could do as far as studying and preparation. So the results come out, I make staff. And no big deal. No right. The, no big deal. Chief Drummond was the first person to congratul because at this time he I think he he's at Turkey. Um and so I'm Matt McGuire, he's at Turkey, and I think he was the um seven twenty eighth. Um, um, air uh, mobility squadrons chief. Okay. And so he writes on my Facebook page, um, congratulations. We were just talking about this at McGuire. Yeah. And like everybody like called me like, bro, she wrote on your page. Bro. <laughs> and yeah, like, cause he's a big deal and yeah. you know, he's running this airman, you know, staff selects page. And, uh, and so that, at that point I was like, huh, like, maybe well, I can do this, you know? Well,
0: I'll tell you what, uh, he wasn't for sure. He wasn't the, uh, highest ranking person who's called you out, uh, uh, especially recently. And, 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 and we'll get to that too. <laughs> right, right.
1: We'll definitely get to that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at that, you know, so at that time, that's my, I mean, I'm like, man, if chief Drummond like congratulated me on making E five, like maybe I can do this air force thing. Uh, so I, I, I decided to stay in. Right. Um, I go ahead and re enlist, and a mentor of mine, um, David Meredith, he's uh, Sergeant Meredith, he's actually in recruiting now too. And okay. we're both 2T2s. So we're both air transportation. Oh, that's awesome. And this guy, he's like, so it's crazy because I'm older than him, I think, by like, I don't know if it's like a couple like a couple months, but he's like my big brother. Like, just because he's his job knowledge and then just life experience mm-hmm. um, is just he's wise beyond his years
0: when it when it comes to mentorship like the age like that there's not a sequence of yeah mentorship there's right. just not people have there's different mentors for for different things you know what I mean so
1: yeah so that yeah that, that equates to that to our situation yeah and, um so he was just kind of staying on me and um i like him because he he's, he'll tell you straight up if you if you're bad he's gonna tell you you need that yeah because i mean you know I, I didn't know I was bad until he told me I was bad mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh that made me want to change and uh so uh, so I relist, and now I'm I, I'm I'm taking pride in my work. I feel like I've been rejuvenated. You know, re- my, I have this redemption uh, quality about me, about my mindset, and uh, I I just I actually I, I get blessed with orders to Florida to Eglin. Okay, and a good spot, yeah, great spot. And, and <laughs> so I told her. So at the time, we, we've always been friends. Like platonic. we should,
0: we should say your wife Whitney is in the audience today. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's, yeah exactly.
1: So so we always like that she's been my best friend like since we met. I was seventeen, she was fourteen, like okay. in high school. So, yeah, and we've always been like we best had. Friends. I th- I think my wife and I were were
0: similar. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we 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 met in high school in in piano class uh, actually, and so. I would play. You ever heard "Cold as Ice" by Foreigner? Dun, dun 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 dun. I'm telling that. so. As, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. uh, I should not be in any music thing. But uh, what I would do, I would annoy the teacher, and and so every week we would have to like study a song, and then on Friday our test was a recital, and so we'd have to play a song. And so my game was to put "Cold as Ice" somewhere in there, <laughs> and she hated it. She absolutely hated it. But my wife thought, or the girl in the class at the time thought it was funny, but I was, I was such a geek. I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be a geek when I played sports, but like a geek around like girls or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I would say out loud, this, this was around prom. I'd be like, Oh man, I wish I had someone to go to prom with. Cause like, I don't want to ask anybody, <laughs> but like, I was hoping I could get some indication that it was okay to ask right, her, right, but, right, yeah, uh, right. uh, it didn't work anyway. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: So, anyway, Eglin, yeah,
0: <laughs> You were talking with Whitney about it. Okay. Yeah,
1: so, um... Yeah. um so, like, we've, all, we've always been friends, and recently, like, I, I had tried to... Because even, like, back when we were, you know, kids, I tried to date her. But for whatever reason, she would always just be like, no, I don't want to mess up our friendship, right? Every time. We're talking about... You people.
0: friend-zoned him?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, repeat, like, multiple times. Multiple times. And, um... She was, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I really started to believe that, like, maybe, okay, maybe we just really should be friends.
0: Did like, she ever say things like, "Well, if you were like, you know, six one, and you know, maybe a little, you know, no, that's maybe a little thing. muscular"?
1: Like, <laughs> that's what I didn't get because, like, she when we were met, I was five, what five seven, five. Yeah, she was like five three, but she, <laughs> like, she treated me like she showed interest initially. It wasn't until like after, and because like. She moved away to Baltimore, like, I think her senior year. Okay. And, no, your junior year? Sophomore, Sophomore year? Okay. year. And so we would stay in touch. But then, like, uh, it was always long distance. Uh-huh. And she would, like, so here's the thing. Long distance, she would always talk a good talk. Like, long distance would always be like, <laughs> yeah, like, maybe we are meant to be. Thing, I love you. And I, I, you've always been my friend. But maybe we can take it to the next time. So she's giving me hope long distance, right? But then every time, like <laughs> I would, I'll be I'll be in town, like, hey, I'm in town, or I'm back. Ah, oh,
0: got, I got the stage. Exactly, I got like, the sting. Go,
1: I can't. Or she'd be like, oh no, we can be in a public place while I'ma bring a plus one. So then, <laughs> like that's, it would always be her cousin, uh, like a friend of her. So every time we met in public, it was pretty much like she would put a wall up, like, like it's just strictly, and I'm just kind of like, okay, so I guess we're not like. What was all this you were talking about? No, on but the th- phone? no,
0: maybe she understands. See, this is a primal thing for men. It's 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 the chase, right? So so she's, so she's not saying no. No, I'm completely available. I might be, but you know, you got to work. Right, you know, right, you got right, right, right. and it
1: worked. It, no, I mean it did. It worked. It worked. Did. It worked. <laughs> but, so I moved. I tell her I was like, hey, yeah. I got orders to Florida, and she goes, where? And I'm like, Eglin, and she she knows she already knew the area because she would go to Destin, yeah, for vacation. Yeah. She's like, I know, I love that area. I go every year. I can't wait. Blah blah blah. So um, I. I come down to Georgia. I see her, I visit her. It looks like, you know, we might be on to something here. And I think something happened to where I met someone else from Jersey still. And Uh then we kind of rekindled that friend, that, that relationship. And I flew her out to Florida. And so a couple months later, she calls and, and, and then she's talking to me. And honestly, I felt like, you know, she was involved with somebody at the time. And I feel like, and I mean, she was involved with this guy for years. Like, I'm talking about like over a decade, and so I'm thinking like she's not gonna, you know, yeah. this is this situation is never going to be resolved. So I told her I was like, look, you know, she was reaching out because I guess they they she had made a decision that I don't want to be with this guy anymore. She reached out to me, and I was like. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm not going to fall for that because the minute I give my heart to you, you and so and so, you know, are going to be like he's, you know, he's going to be like, hey, maybe we should work things out, and you're going to be like, well, I've been with you for ten plus years, and you know, so I was like, nah, you know, I'm actually seeing somebody right now, and I just don't think, you know, I think ah. I, I'll always be friends with you, so I actually turned her down. The table turned. I flipped the table okay. one time, and so, <laughs> but here's the thing: she she's crying right on the phone, she's just like, okay, I respect your decision, but I just know you're going to be my husband, and in my at the moment, I'm like on the phone, like, did you not just hear what I just said? Like, you're not going to rob me of this moment because you've been turning me down for years. I finally get to flip the tables and you're going to tell me that it's it's fine. You're still going to be my husband. Like, she literally said that. She was like, You're still going to be my husband. She's crying as she's saying this, but I understand how you feel right now, but you're still going to be my husband. Oh, that's and I'm fantastic. like, Okay, whatever. And like, I'm like, All right, cool. Well, you know, you're talking to you. Hang up. And that was what, 2018? Yeah, and in 2020, like we get married. It's like, <laughs> like she, she was, she was completely right. So that's situ- <laughs> obviously the relationship with me and the um. What young, a great story! The young woman from New Jersey yeah. didn't go anywhere, <laughs> and. Um, her situation, you know, dissolved and and um, I was deployed. I was in Afghanistan in 2019. Okay. And in the summer of 2019, no, no, my birthday 2019. She reached out. She said, "Happy birthday" on Facebook. And then we started talking, kind of on and off from there. And then the summer things started getting serious. And then that's when I called her. I was like, "Hey, like it's now or never." I'm like, "We're not getting any younger. Like we've been doing this for this back and forth dance for decades now. Like let me get back." I said, "Look, no pressure. Let me, when I get back home." Um, let me take you out on one date, because I've never taken her, right. her out on a date. So let me just take you out on a date. Yeah, and she she agreed, and yeah, I came back home, and she I, I felt like once I came back home, when she realized like things were getting serious, like I was. It was closer and closer to me actually coming back home and and us taking that step. She started to kind of exhibit those same, uh, you know, characteristics of, like, putting a wall up. And I just, like, it's it's, yeah, I didn't tell her, so I was in town. It's
0: understandable, you know. It's a big commitment, obviously, you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely, but I just knew, like, I was just tired of, because she was always the one that I, but no matter who I was with, it was always, like, in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, like, man, like, things would have went differently or maybe if I we would have been dating by now if I had said this or so I just you know I didn't even tell I was back in town I didn't tell I was I just hey um because I think I had her address from when I was in Afghanistan I had a package sent to her house uh, yeah, football. Uh, she ordered a football helmet for me because I was playing semi-pro football when I got back. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hey, can I send a helmet to your place? Because I didn't have a an you know, apartment. I gave yeah. up my apartment before I deployed. Uh, so she's like, yeah, sure. So I had her address already. And I just asked. I got to
0: ask, was this part of a plan? For me, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely. Like, once I got the address, it was in Amazon, it was saved. See what you did to him? You forced him
0: to strategize I had it. just to hang out
2: with you. So
1: I had an address, <laughs> and I just called her and I was just like hey what's up what are you doing she's like oh, i'm not there. i'm just at home i said like, okay i said like, you're home now she's like yeah i'm at home now but i'm not letting her know i'm in columbus georgia like and i just showed up at her door knocked on the door and like she was not expecting like nobody <laughs> and uh yeah she she let me in and we we talked and and um i took her well, what do we go eat at panda express panda express yeah panda express. took her to panda express and then that from there like that was that was it. That's all I needed. That's I just like I just I knew I just needed one chance. You just had
0: to crack the code. I just man. had to crack the code. That's, That's right.
1: it. Just had to get past those walls. <laughs> and it what? Not frustrated me, but like after we got married. So then she she goes, yeah. The whole time, like I knew I loved you, and I'm thinking she means like when I was in Afghanistan. Like when we started talking seriously, I'm like, okay. She's like, no, no. I mean like from the from from high school. I'm like what do you mean? She goes, well, even when I was with when I was with so and so, he would always say you love. You know, you love Chris like that's who you want to be with, and I would always deny it. And then my my mother would say, "You know, he's going to marry you. Like, you know, you love that boy. Like, you should." Every time he came in town, you know, you light up, you get excited, and she would always deny it. I'm like, "So wait a minute, you're telling me?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> all,
1: for all, all these years, all these years, <laughs> I'm just thinking like, I, "It's a it's a it's a it's a, mute, it's a mute point. What am I doing?" You you felt the same way the whole time. Like we could have, I said, we could have saved each other it. so much." <laughs> time
0: but it's all good. <laughs> no, it is. It is all good. And 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 you know, to to be fair, I mean, you know, you're you're young like that, and um, you know, I don't know, I don't know what what kind of mentorship you, you got from your parents or whatever, but it, it could be the case that you know it was just a constant reminder, like, yeah, you you obviously do want to get married, but it's a big commitment, and you really want to get it right, yeah. you know, and so that was that was our vetting process. Maybe it just it just took a long time to get it right, even though even though. Time after time, over the <laughs> years, she confirmed it. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, look, she got it right. Yeah,
1: you know? yeah, and she, <laughs> she she did, she did. Uh, now she has me.
0: <laughs> so you're in Eglin at this point.
1: I was at Eglin. Okay. And, um,
0: and what were you doing at Eglin? Still, so
1: Eglin, I'm still two T two, but it was okay. a different mission down at Eglin. So the seven special forces in the army is uh, is down in that area. Yeah, uh, they have their own compound down there. So uh, my job uh, the joint inspection aspect of my job was highlighted there because we would, we would, uh, joint inspect these guys equipment before they went out on these missions. And they did like South America, Central America, they worked with the DEA for the, you know, the drug, um, missions and things like that. So it was like very high pace when it, when it was busy, but it, it was fast tempo. Um, when they weren't going out on missions, we were just sitting there, um, for the most part, because there's no major cargo mission at Eglin. It's it's a you know it's a fighter. Yeah, fighter
0: um, and then testing. Yeah, you know, fighter they, and they testing. Yeah, get the test yeah, yeah testing
1: primarily. Yeah, and you got fighters there F 35s and then twenty two. So, um, and so I get back from deployment. Um, I, I was in Afghanistan. Man, amazing deployment. Um, yeah. Where we were? we're at? So. We, it was part of this uh it's called the CMRE mission okay which was essentially uh a group of us like a small team of two T2s and i think we had a did we have a mechanic i think we had a mechanic with us as well and we were just fob hopping now we were based at a bog room um but we were just we were we went out to the FOBs to help the army or the, you know whatever uh, service was there. It's like Dwyer, probably went to Dwyer, went to Dwyer, Masr yeah, yeah. Sharif, yep, yep, um, yep. Maimana, mm-hmm. uh, Chapman. Yeah, Ch- uh, oh yeah, man, yeah. Chapman. But I, I signed non non-disclosure agreement, so I can't talk about what right, happened at Chapman. Right. But amazing well, base.
0: I can I can tell you. So I I did uh, I. I did a stint with uh, the special operations community when I was stationed at Hurlburt. Hurlburt and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I did the airspace stuff, and so we, you know, constantly around Chapman, uh, Jalalabad, Jalalabad, yeah, that's in yeah, the yeah. Nangarhar province. You know, it's hot out there. Oh yeah. So definitely. we did a lot of, you know, kind of targeting and in, in that area Absolutely. and stacking assets over to watch people, name targets, developing pattern of life, and yeah. and to your point about about the DEA, there's a lot of three letter agencies that that oh, work yeah. outside. Yeah that you wouldn't expect to work outside the U.S., especially in concert with the military. But Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of unique stuff out there.
1: Yeah, I, and so the, you have, more, you know, obviously more extensive knowledge on that than me. Th- that was my window to see that, but I can mm-hmm. definitely see, like, how there are so many alphabet, you know, agencies yeah. uh, that work with the military yeah. outside of the United States. That was my first glimpse at it, you know, being at Chapman and just seeing, you know, the the – high-level, you know, just security, Mm -hmm. and then the assets, the high-valued assets. It was just like a whole other world. Um, This dude uh, at Chapman, this guy was like 6, had been 6'10". Just a a Viking, He looked like a Viking. He had, like, this Viking beard, um, like, this chiseled face, and he was, like, at least 270, 280 chiseled, but cut. I'm talking about, look, he made it in a lab. Oh, yeah. And then we were in the cafeteria, and I just remember, like, being next to him. And, like, I'm a big guy, and I'm looking after this dude, like, oh, my God. Like, so I'll just, you know, how you doing? Like, say that. Yeah. He, This dude looked down. Like, he had shades on, right? He had his plate in front of him, and he just, like, looked down at me, looked at me, and just, like, looked back. And I was like, oh, that's definitely a robot. Yes. Was, that's absolutely that's, yeah. Absolutely. has Yeah, it's like,
0: <laughs> have you ever seen the picture of, of Shaq standing next to Yao Ming?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah Yao yeah. Ming
0: eclipses Shaq. You wouldn't think. Yeah. yeah it's that's, outrageous. That's how it yeah. that
1: was. So, <laughs> that's exactly how that was, but. Um so the mission in Afghanistan was just I mean, we saw, you know, so many um amazing things and we were able to help the mission out there like directly and, and just so like the relationship with the sister services. I'd never experienced that, you know, mm. prior to that point to prior to that point. So so I do that. Um Did I you get, work
0: with coalition partners like uh,
1: uh, NATO, yeah. um uh, the, the Dutch. Australians I think are out at the Australians were I no so the Brits were at Shoreab. Okay. Um, at Maimana, we were with the Germans and the Dutch. Okay, and um, I'm trying to think.
0: Now, what's funny about the Germans is that uh, they don't go anywhere without beer.
1: Oh yeah. So like Mazari
0: yeah. Sharif, like like everybody's <laughs> under General Order One, but the Germans right. own that base, and it's beautiful in the spring because you have the poppy fields and everything, yeah, and there's yeah, still the some snow up there. Side, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Gorgeous
1: the country. Afghanistan is actually a, a gorgeous country.
0: In the look around February and March in Bagram. You can look to the west and it looks like a ski resort.
1: It does. Yeah. Absolutely. The mountains
0: are you wouldn't think (laughs) that there's people just outside this gate that want to kill everybody on the other side. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It's it's
1: it's it's wild. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we uh, so I come back from that deployment and the funny thing is during that deployment, um, I have been tried they had tried to contact me about recruiting but I guess they were using my Eglin email when I was deployed. And then by the time they, like, uh, signals got crossed, but eventually I realized the last email I got from them was like, you have such and such time to respond to this email. We've been trying to contact you. They're basically yelling at you. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I want this opportunity. I've always wanted to be a recruiter. Like the, re- since the recruiter who put me in, inspired me to become a recruiter. How he dealt with me was just, yeah. It was Why?
0: Like what? Because it, it does seem like, first of all, I've, I've heard it's hit or miss. You know, if you're you're in a good area uh, that's that's very pro pro military, it's pretty easier. If you can if you can be in an area where uh, maybe it's not, then obviously it's it's, it's going to be more more difficult. Um, and again, here's here's some of the rumors that I've heard that you have quotas, and that wouldn't surprise me. And, and I understand why, but I can also understand how that can be a stress because you're essentially asking people to give away six not give away, but you know, commit six years of their life to something. So it it does seem like a very difficult arguably impossible task yes. so so what is it that you enjoy about it or so, that you thought you enjoyed about it because at the time you weren't a recruiter
1: right no at the time I wasn't a recruiter so the way my recruiter uh, his name was a technical or his name is technical sergeant Brian Matheny um it was that was his title he's retired now mm-hmm. now he's just Brian with the long hair he has this Long, I call them Locks, go- long, go- luscious <laughs> locks throughout his beard, sailing on, the, you know, sailing in, in Florida. But um, it's a very bro
0: thing to do. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: But <laughs> this guy, he, um, I don't know, he saw something in me. Um, and, you know, he, he was just able to connect with the why, you know, the why I wanted to join. And um, the whole process, he kept me informed he was real. And I think I respect him so much because he was just real with me. He was just like, look, you know, I'm not trying to sell you, you know, uh, uh, anything here. Um, I'm giving you the facts. And then it's up to you to decide with those facts, what you want to do. And then I will help you, you know, as needed. Um, And I respected that, you know, the fact that he did that. And I never forgot that. So for me, it's just being able to help individuals, right. Just to be able to be that person that can potentially help them, into into another situation a lot of times a better situation um and and uh you know even that first you know that first step uh these young young men and young women that first step into adulthood being independent being on their own uh being out on their own and being able to sustain themselves um uh some way form or fashion um and then I just connect with I love people I just you know I, I just I love the stories I love the background I love the the, the uh, diversity the the just what makes us different what makes us alike and you see that all up close and personal in recruiting believe it or not um, just my short time on the job I've come across so many different walks of life and if I'm able to help that person um, then that's it for me like that's you know if I'm able to help them. Some, you know, their goal might not be the military per mm-hmm. se. It might be, hey, I want to be, eventually I want to be a nurse, but I would like to get some experience um, in the military service and then help you know, get my schooling paid for mm-hmm. before I take that next step. Um, okay. Then I'm the facilitator, you know, to help them accomplish that goal. Um,
0: yeah, I, th- I think, so I'm, I'm one of those people who didn't join Forgotten Country, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and I, I love the people that do. I don't run into many of those, and I think that's fine. Okay, I mean, I it for me, it's purely transactional. Yeah, I'm willing to do what you want me to do, even if that means giving my life, so that I can essentially have money for school.
2: Exactly.
0: That's, that's 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 really what it what it came down to and 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 I've always had this idea that when that deal with Uncle Sam stops being mutual, we'll mm-hmm. part ways. Mm-hmm. Hence leaving at twelve years. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but you know, working in air traffic control, the situation that you just described, like maybe their goal is something else. They just want the experience. In air traffic control, there's a lot of that. Right. You know, there's a there's a, a constant retention problem because the fa outside pays so well you absolutely,
1: know absolutely absolutely i know um J- her last name used to be logan uh jasmine logan but she was our sister flight uh-huh. she was the dorm chief of our sister flight air traffic control okay she was one charlie and uh she now works uh i remember she got out i didn't know what happened to her i was at mcguire at the time i see her walk in for a pt test because i'm administering pt tests at the time and i'm just like Oh, Jasmine? She goes, Andrews? Like, we haven't seen her in yeah, eight years. Yeah, And I'm just like, what are you doing here? She goes, like, oh, I live here, blah, 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 blah. And she goes, um, she, she goes, um, yeah, I'm in the I'm in the guard. So, you know, I just come and take my PT test for the guard. But, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, what are you doing? She goes, air traffic control. I was like, that's what you were doing active duty, right? She's like, yeah, but I'm doing it on the outside now. I work at this small regional airport that gets, like, one plane a week yeah. and making— 95k, and I'm just like, base, she's like, yeah, base paid 95k, and I'm just like, wow. She goes, Yeah, my husband does the same thing, he works at the same airport. I'm like, So both of y'all bringing in 95k, like it's, it's crazy, and it's uh, crazy, as as, yeah. yeah, and then her husband pulls up, of course, in a Range Rover, like at the time it was like a 2016 because it was 2016 while we're having this conversation, and yeah, yeah, pulls up in a 2016 Range Rover, and I'm like, All right, Jasmine, you have a great life, like <laughs> Apparently, that's uh, it's like uh, but yeah, she did that, it's a weird experience. flex, but... she got that experience, <laughs> yeah. and uh. Air Force helped her get that experience and the, yeah. the skill, knowledge, and she was able to translate that on the outside. So yeah,
0: look, I've I've got nothing but but great things to say. I mean, I've I've got a lot of experiences in in the Air Force, and again, five
1: years, fifty countries. I mean, if if I'm, I'm sorry, I'm still like I'm still hung up on that. That's that's ten countries a year. Like, that's well, think a, about
0: this. So I would I would I would, you know, I don't know where to start at the end of a mission or beginning, but basically, so I'd get a call and say, hey, look, uh, we need you ready. You've got a mission and 12, 18 hours. Perfect. I go into crew rest. I wake up eight hours later. I'm alerted. Right. Yeah. Three three hours and 45 minutes. I'm taking off eight hours later. I'm in Germany. That's crazy. You know, and then I'm hanging out in Germany, maybe taking a train to Trier and you know, all that stuff. Or my favorite mission would be my two favorite missions. They were called channel missions. And they were channel missions. So any mission can be broken off for any other reason, right? Like I've gone gone and carried cargo into Afghanistan, and then we thought we were pulling cargo out, and we have to reconfigure for an airdrop. Right. Or I thought we are bringing cargo out, and now we're reconfiguring for a double aerial refuel back to Andrews because we have uh, somebody who got hurt in action. They need to get back to Walter Reed, right, so we're right, doing an it, yeah. aeromedical suite. Um, but, yeah, so we so would yeah. go Travis, Norfolk, yeah. And we'd quick turn Norfolk, and then we'd be in Rota, Spain. And so in a period of like 18 to 20 hours from the time that I woke up, I'd be in Rota, Spain, on the beach, drinking sangria. Okay? 24 to 30 <laughs> hours off. And then from there, I'd go to, um, we'd go to Sigonella.
1: Uh, yeah, Sigonella, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So
0: that's in Sicily. Yeah. You know, great time. And that's nothing but a four-hour flight. And then 24 to 30 hours off. The next day we'd go actually deliver the cargo that we picked up that in you Virginia. Up. Right, yeah. Finally. So we're actually doing work that day. So we go to Sicily to Bahrain back to Sicily. We'd crew rest 24 to 30 32 <laughs> Man, hours. You, yeah. Next day, four hour, four and a half hour flight to, to to Rota. And then we'd stay there. And then we'd do a double trip back to Travis. And then we go the other way as well every week. So if you're a Travis and want to take a hop, you can do this. So you could go to Australia every week. For free, so it's Travis to Hawaii. Okay, you get twenty four to thirty eight hours off, right? Right, and then uh, we'd go to Guam, quick turn Guam, and then we'd be in Australia. And the plane, if you were hopping, you'd you'd have three days off in Australia because we'd spend three days doing runs to New South Wales and other areas. There's some, there's some, there's some locations out there that are pop off points in case North Korea gets crazy. Right, right, right. So we would resupply those those um, those places, but uh, we would load those. Flights with a bunch of crews, so one crew would do one mission one day, yeah. and then we go to Sydney or Melbourne or yeah. something like that. You know, but swap out, swap out. Yeah, Man. it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. You can do all that stuff,
1: and see that's the life I thought I was getting into when I initially <laughs> signed air transportation. <laughs> I'm thinking I was thinking that, but yeah, no, nah, the contingency missions that you guys do, and yeah, air, you know, air evac, and um, even the channel missions, like all that, that whole world is just, uh, you know. Filled with, po- with endless possibilities for air crew.
0: For sure, but but I'll tell you this too. Like um, here, I'll 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 help you pitch courier service as well as finance. Uh, we did a mission one time where we had to land in Ukraine. Okay, and uh, we had to pay to land there. The landing fee was eighty thousand dollars. Jeez, and that had to be paid cash. cash. So we had an airman, a senior airman who was a finance person. So if you're in finance, you can do these jobs, right? Yeah, Especially. That money. He's holding eighty grand the entire time. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then and then he goes and there's there are these Ukrainian people that want the money and mm-hmm. you know, they try to tell him that he owed more and everything. And he actually um he had more than that in there, but he gave them, you know, what was what was necessary. And there was a bit of a argument about it, but um, it, it was interesting because essentially this this senior airman, you know, three years in, yeah. is carrying, <laughs> yeah, you, know, carrying carry in. you know, you know, a hundred thousand dollars probably, and he's having to argue with a foreign diplomat about how much how much right. it's going to cost to get the C five here with the fuel, you know. So so there's a lot of missions like that, and then like courier. So when we did the mission to. And anybody can
1: sign up for courier, right, which
0: is right, great. Yeah, right. it's 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 one of those yeah, jobs. I learned
1: about that job in my CDCs. I was like, yeah. oh, how do I do that? DCS yeah, oh, it's
0: so great. Yeah. But so sometimes you do jobs where, like Australia, they would send ideally two couriers to carry this one package. Now, these pallets, we didn't know it was on these pallets. They were all blacked out, right? Uh, the pilots probably knew. Loadmasters did, but I didn't because I was just the flying mechanic, you know? Gotcha. But Everywhere the cargo went, they they had to go with it. Well, when we got in Australia, those those pallets had to be secured in a bunker. They had to sleep with the pallets. Okay. So so they would bring two couriers so one person could go out and hang yeah. out in Australia. The other one would come back and the other one go out. But,
1: yeah. yeah. no, when I, was in the, when I was in Turkey, we had, uh, I want to say they were Marine couriers or either Army. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, they, same thing like that. They had to stay with that pallet the whole time. Yeah. Sleep with it. Um, yeah, everything. So. Yep, yep. And even at Eglin, the seven special forces, there's guys, some of their some of their classified cargo they gotta stay out there with, um, keep eyes on all all the time. So the the world of transportation, that's something I always say, man. There's never that's never gonna stop. There's something there's always gonna be something that has to get from point A to point B. Gotta pick something up and put it down somewhere else. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So. so being
0: in the Air Force, I'm sure and and as a recruiter, I'm sure you get a lot of questions about like which branch is better and whatnot. Uh my experience with the conditions from the different branches, I've got two two stories I'll tell you. Uh, so we landed in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and we stayed on base. Okay. Okay. This is the base hotel, right? right? It's the same money that goes to an Air Force base, right? Right. We got substandard living pay for that because we were on an <laughs> Army base. <laughs> substandard living pay because we're on an Army base. So, uh, so, so that's actually true, you know. So what do you tell people about the conditions
1: of – of the air force um so honestly they so they come to me with that like all, the air app- force does kind of sell itself yeah they sell itself yeah. it sells itself so applicants they come in and they just say i just kind of reaffirm what they already what their preconceived notion already is uh, based off of my experience so they just come in and just like hey um like i already know the air force that quality of living is like a b or c or this and all i do is just I got a slideshow called uh, The Reason I Joined the Air Force, right? And it just has, like, my deployment pictures up there, everywhere yeah. I've been, the bases. And I just give them tangible evidence of my experience of, yeah, well, this is where I stayed. This is the hotel I was at. This is the uh, resort, five-star resort I was able to travel to on leave when the Air Force is done. So they see that, and then I I just kind of let that do the, do the talk. And I'm not yeah. going to, you know, I don't tip, I don't. Say, oh yeah, because we're better than A, B, th- this branch, or we're better than that branch because of that. I just say, here, here's what my experience has been, and here's some pictures showing you my experience, and then it kind of reaffirms what they already, you know, came into the office believing in the first yeah. place. Well, let me ask you this: what what challenges do you have finding a quality candidate? So, and again, I mean, so for me, and again, you know, I've been on the job, you know, less than a year, so. Still, you know, finding my way as far as this area specifically, mm-hmm. Jackson County specifically, but it's going to be that 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 academic capacity, right? That ASVAB score. Um, we're getting the qualified score first of all, yeah. Um, and then I tend to go to okay, the physical elements there, the height and weight ratio uh, would be next, uh, and then any any background. Influencers, so family situation, living situation, uh, job situation currently that they have, um, those tend to, to be some some factors that uh affect you know the, the recruiting process. Um, but it's typically for the demographic that's that I'm usually um talking to, which is 17 to I'll say 21 22 year olds, because um, they're the ones that are trying to get that you know that start in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the it's the ASVAB score, so you know I pretty much am, am the coach. You know at that point, okay, well you know we did we got here, all right. Well now we know where we're at, and we have such and such uh, amount of time to improve this score. So let's get these scores up, and mm-hmm. that I would say that would be number one. Do you have to put a lot of effort into helping people study and 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 get up to? So that's the thing. I can't. So as a recruiter, I cannot. Like I can't do that. I, mm-hmm. m- me personally, yeah, I want to be able to be like, hey, look, here's a tutor. Um, go here and you know make sure they're doing that. And then, hey, what about the? I can't. But I can't. You know, right. have this conflict of interest. So, um, what I do is I check in with them. I say, hey, I'm gonna call you. On that's about this, all you can at yeah. this day at this time. And and you know all you can. I got to take your word for it if you're studying or not, you know, you know, obviously we'll see eventually when they test. Yeah. Um, but I try to just check in with them and make sure, just keep them accountable. You mm-hmm. know, when you're going to get a phone call from Sergeant Drew's and he's going to ask you, are you studying? You know?
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm curious what, uh, as you, as you continue to do this job, what it kind of reveals to you in terms of like the, the, the quality of, of candidates within the area, you know, I, everyone, every generation complains about the newest generation, right? You, you know, every, every person does. And, uh, I'll say this: I don't, I don't really have a problem with with the newer generation. Uh, I, I think there's a lot to add from millennials and Gen Z and and yeah. whatnot. I mean, I'm I'm a millennial technically, so. But I had to teach an airman how to sign his name. He couldn't open a bank account. Cause he didn't know how to sign his name.
2: Yeah,
1: um, and like I, that's a weird challenge. So. <laughs> When I found out I was gener- like we're millennials, like like you said, we yeah. I didn't think we were millennials, right? Like, like I, so for a while, because, I'm not even because lie for to a you.
0: while it was all like yeah. like like millennials are this, that, exactly. or the other. Yeah, right? Like, well, that can't be me.
1: <laughs> I was just like, yeah, <laughs> uh, sounds bad for those millennials. And then I and then the article came out, and I realized that I was like, wait a minute, I'm a, I'm a millennial, like, um. But so I would say, you know, Generation Z, they and even some millennials. Um when it comes to the tech aspect, I mean it's it's amazing cuz I mean yeah. I'm texting these, you know, these these guys and girls and you know they're getting back immediately. That's the world that we live in. Um you can give them a piece of technology and they intuitively oh, yeah.
0: know how to operate it oh, yeah. to a degree that you didn't know was possible. At all. Yeah. Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um so that's one thing that definitely helps in recruiting. Um and I would say for me, so I guess people say that there's a sense of entitlement, right? With uh, in this generation, the new generation, it's like they we want to be lauded, you know, for for things probably not necessarily achieved yet, or you know, put on a pedestal. And I guess, in my opinion, I would say that I think it's just I don't necessarily think it's they're they're um, you know handed everything. I think it's just we're in the age where individual uh, recognition is at an all time high, like being the, the celebration of an individual of the uniqueness of you, the expression of who you are, Mm. is probably at an all time high. And I kind of take that approach in recruiting. So, uh, for instance, um, and it was actually my wife's idea we have a backdrop in the office um says team blue team blue yeah i've seen it right that. yeah so and i wanted them to feel a sense of accomplishment once they made it into the air force the delayed entry program um, and it took off because of that. You know, they when they see, you know, they're treated like a celebrity, they're getting their picture, yeah. with this backdrop, and, yeah. you know, they get to walk the blue carpet once they ship off. The you got, the a got a blue Chill carpet in there? You got a blue carpet. We're supposed to. So last week was my first shipper. He went to the Space Force. He was actually the first Space Force enlistee from the coast of Mississippi. No kidding. Uh, I was trying to get him to be the first in the state, but someone up in the Hattiesburg or somewhere up north, they got that first one in. Uh, but he is the first uh, Mississippi uh, resident from the coast to be in the Space Force, and we were supposed to have a blue carpet by then for him to be able to walk. And uh, Amazon, I'm not going to call him out, but you know some discri- <laughs> you know some some discrepancy <laughs> happened, and uh, we didn't get it in on time. But uh, but yeah, we have the blue carpet now, and that's something that they are going to get to walk. I want you know I wanted to kind of highlight that uh, again celebration of individuality and achievement. And I think this generation, they have a, a, a good sense of that um, in comparison to, to earlier generations. Could you could you do me a favor after the show? Just say "space force" to me because, because I just thought
0: of an opportunity for you, um, but I'm probably going to forget it. So just I got an idea for you. So, um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So well, well, that's amazing. Obviously, you know, because we, we we've got the space force now, and so you play double duty in terms of recruiting for
1: that, don't you? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. It's uh so. It's amazing. Like, I, I, I feel like it's a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be able to recruit for two, two official yeah. uh, services, you know, the United States Space Force and, and then the Air Force. So I have our, we have our Space Force shirts. Uh, me and my office partner, Technical Sergeant Kyle Hugan, we both have our, you know, Space Force shirts, and we do Space Force Fridays. It's kind of like a, just a talk that we sit down and we talk and we, we highlight a specific job that week for the Space Force and we say what the qualifications are, um, and a little bit you know, a little a description of the job and um, that's what we've been doing for, for I mean we just started it, but yeah, we're excited about it.
0: Do you wear the different color name 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 patches? Like because I'm curious, are you allowed to do that
1: if you're recruiting for both? So, what do you mean the?
0: Because because they have different color name patches and instead of the spice oh, brown yeah. and stuff. So, so, are you allowed to wear both? No, those?
1: no, no. So the official uniform, we I, no, I can't wear that. I can. So for our commander, unless we wear polos on Friday, um, for you know Air Force yeah. polo. Um, so since we recruit for the Space Force, on Fridays um, we wear space the space force polo since we're recruiting for the space force as well but when it comes to the official uniform the ocp uh pattern uniform no i can't because I, you're part of the I'm department part of. The, you're right, I'm part of the air force now i still think like i feel like the blue that i'm jealous i'm not even gonna lie that space force has the blue right yeah. They got the blue and it, it's like pops it's it looks pretty, good it looks really really, really good. good i'm like that should have been the air force i know like it's you know the blue sky but you know the space force has it so i can't hate which it's it's silly because like space is like it's black. black. <laughs> right. Okay. So you beat <laughs> me on this because I was, telling, I was telling my wife I was like I feel like there should be black. I know the army has black, but I feel like space is black and the air is blue. We yeah. should have blue.
0: Yeah. If but. anything, maybe silver. Sorry for for like um, uh, stars or something like that. Yeah. But like blue. Like you got to hijack blue. That's team blue. That's right. right there, <laughs> <man>. Come on. <laughs> so you're talking about uh, before if if we can back up uh, for. For just a moment, Um, you said, "You know, recognition of individual accomplishment is is at an all time high." And do you mean that people wanting that recognition, or that it being delivered? Because I kind of view it as an intersection of like, I agree that there's a, I certainly think that there's a demand for individual accomplishment, but the supply isn't there to provide it. And it's as if, I'll sum this up: two quick stories. One. In 98, my dad, uh, he was single parent working uh, security at the Grand Gulfport, right? He, okay. he came home. And you know Beauvoir, the uh, Jefferson Davis house? Yeah, yeah. So there's this gas station just to the east of that, that okay. blew up, okay? Oh, wow. And so basically what had happened was um, they were filling the underground tanks with fuel. The shutoff valve malfunctioned, gas spilled over on Highway 90. Wow. And about a quarter mile of 90 erupted in flames. My dad's an EMT, right? He's a 4 in And he gets out of his car, runs in, pulls six people out, six or seven people, triages some of them, like he can't save them all, and he watches them die, right? So he goes to work that next day, and he's late. And his chief's like, why are you late? He tells the story. Chief goes, well, that's your job. You still need to be here on time, okay? Seriously? Seriously. A year later, the police chief sends a letter to the wing commander thanking my dad. The wing commander had no idea my dad was involved. End up, getting the airman's medal out of this, wow. but it's one of those things where, like, they say, Well, that's your job, that's what you're supposed to do, but h- hold on,
2: right? That's you know, kind
0: of out of the ordinary. When I got out, um, I, w- I was a manager at, at, at Wells Fargo, uh, here on, um, my, I, I bounced around the coast, uh, throughout my training, but I asked one manager, I said, do you ever thank your tellers for balancing every day, and that's where they balance the cash in their drawer with with what's tracked on the computer? Okay. It's like no, it's part of their job. It's like, okay, fair enough. What happens when they don't balance?
2: <laughs>
0: well, nobody can go home. Everybody has to recount their drawers. There's right. paperwork involved. It's an a it's an HR nightmare. I said, don't you think a little bit of recognition for getting that little detail right is right. worth celebrating? And right. so, and so I don't. I think there's this mindset that, that needs to change, and I think that's all millennials or Gen Z are asking for, like the individual accomplishment. And I think the sense of entitlement is mislabeled as a yearning for purpose. Right. They right. want to hear, how do I individually contribute to the
1: mission? Exactly.
0: You know, like, exactly. like why am I here? They want purpose. They yep. want meaning. Yep. You know, and we need to get these old heads, these laggards out of there that, that just say, no, 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 it's our job. It's our our job. job is just to fly, fight, and win. Right. Well, no. It could be my job is that I want to do as best I can, get the experience I can, so I can get out of the military and do X, Y, or Z. Right. You know, and that should be valued too.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I, I think it's just again, I think you know, the gener- generation Zers they have a they have a very very clear uh, understanding of what they want. Mm-hmm. Like out of out of life, and a lot of them are go getters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you said, for for the longest time, that individual recognition wasn't really being displayed. It was pretty much just as, this is what we do. A B, the, the monotony of of the job, you know, this, right. the, the mission. And I think the only thing that's you know changed is they just it's just okay. Well, how do I? What role do I play individually to helping the mission? Can we, can we highlight that? You know, right? And and, and um so. That's the approach that I take. Now, do you have, you know, um, with everything, it's a spectrum a a lot of times. Sure. So, yeah, you do have the, you know, know, I just, the extreme cases of, you know, I just want to be recognized for not doing anything. My existence, I just want to be, you know, lauded and applauded and just for being here. Well, okay, well.
0: But that's where coaching comes in. Right. In in those rare things, that's where coaching and mentorship comes in. Where you can say, well, well, Why? Yeah. What is it that you've done, or what is it, or better yet, how can I better use you as an asset? As an
1: asset, right? So right. that
0: we can get those get those skill sets out there and in use for the Air Force, so you can get the recognition that you feel you deserve, right? You know, exactly. so. But I, I I think that's kind of kind of like a management uh, concept that that needs to change, and I think we're working towards that. But again, there's. There's some old heads out there, man.
1: <laughs> I mean, with any you know, with anything, there's there's gonna be culture clashes, if you will. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the Air Force, um, definitely with the, the initiative that's being uh, put in place now, which is accelerate change or lose, and that's being pushed by our, you know our Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, Yep, uh, Bass, and and um, the, you know Chief of Staff of the Air Force, you know, General Brown. Um, Accelerate change or lose. It's like the urgency, the sense of urgency to to change these situations for the better of everyone is at all time high. Um, unlike I've seen in in my short career, you know, yeah. unlike anything I've seen in that time span, it's like this time around, it's just something different about it. What do you think? Where do you think the root causes of this
0: push for change, like push for for change or or get rid of old things that maybe don't don't matter or kind of readdress what actually does matter. Where do you think that that motivation comes from?
1: Um, Personally, I think, so the Air Force, in my experience and what what I've seen, the Air Force, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but the Air Force has always been like ahead of the curve when it comes to uh, political climate, you know, and and social, um, you know, issues and being the forerunner and the pioneer to changing those situations. I think recently, you know, in recent years, uh, the events that have taken place um, in our society um, and in our culture has kind of uh, pretty much created the awareness to everyone. Like we're, we're, at, a, we're at a crossroads here. And yeah. I think the air force just kind of jumped out in front of that um, kind of like they've always done to see how we can get ahead of it, to change it for our people. Um, and I think that's, that's pretty much what's taken place. So uh, you know, for years, you know, there's always talk of anytime you have change in leadership, they have their agenda, they have you know their what they want to accomplish, what their vision is for the force, and you know we we get used to that. But I think this time around, it's uh, collectively the leadership at top is all on the same page as far as you no, know, we really do have to make some serious 180s here. You know, I
0: I definitely agree with that. I I, I had this thought recently about you know Chief Chief Bass. Um, all our senior leaders, they're they're up there. They might be the first generation of people, uh, I would say Chief Wright as well, who have been in the Air Force during a time when of twenty years of war. And you know, when when you go when you go and deploy, I don't know anybody that doesn't love deploying because you just get to focus on the job. Right. All the externalities, all the all the all the details, you know, the creases in the uniform. None of that matters. What matters is the job. And I can't help but wonder if 20 years of doing that, we're starting to look around at our at the world around us and say, does any of this, all this stuff that we're doing actually have readiness value? And one of the recent changes we saw is that women are allowed to have their hair down. which right. I think is fantastic because it's actually like a medical issue. Right. You know, yeah. um, and there's and there's other changes like that. I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on on, you know, sort
1: of changes such as that or, or maybe incorporating beards or what have you? Uh, so for the female aspect, I mean, I, I, I love it. I've known um, many females personally where, you know, the migraine issue that exists, that's there, um, the acropecia um, mm-hmm. um, or alopecia, however, I'm probably butchering it, but it's a real issue. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the way they went about highlighting the issue and the problem and then the solution that they brought to it, I think it's a it's a, an amazing experience. Obviously, you know, with anything new, you know, there're going to be some um uh a period where you got to kind of, you know, get used to the changes and and the regs might change a little later on the, uh, you know, you know what it should uh look like um, mm-hmm. cuz I you know believe there's there's been, you know, I mean it's new. So this is new for them and sure. as well uh so you know that is not going to be perfectly Right at the, the you know the middle of their back, or where should, um, I, I think right at the
0: uh, it's 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 like right here at the top of the, the arm, top of kinda, the arm, yeah, it, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but the the concept and the idea behind it, I think, it's long overdue. Yeah, <laughs> to, to yeah. be honest, to just be totally honest with you, I mean, a lot of the uh, regulations when it comes to dressing appearance. Um, I do feel are you know slightly outdated. Like we have to adapt. The world changes, and and we have to change with it. Um, and and I'll segue that into the, the the beard action plan that's getting gaining traction. Um, so as an individual, as an airman, I've had a shaving waiver um, mm-hmm. from airman up until um, technical sergeant. And it affects black men more than it affects like say white white men too. So. I would say so. From I can only speak on my personal experience. Um, I've actually know uh, Caucasian men where it affects them just like it affects me. But I, 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 I would had say a shaving waiver. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: You, that thick hair and it yeah, was constantly. Well, I'm a quarter Hispanic. I, I,
1: I think that has something to do with okay, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I think it was uh pseudofolliculitis. That's so, it. Yeah. Yep. And I, I, um, had to- a topical gel for it. I had the cream for it, and I had the waiver with it. And I think. For me, it was—I was told—and you know, the name doesn't matter. But I was definitely told, "Hey, you know, you know, you're not gonna—you'll never make master, or you'll never make tech with the shaving waiver." I'm so glad you brought that up because I was gonna say if—if it really is about.
0: like, if a shaving waiver is okay, right? you mean to tell me that no senior le- leader in the history of the Air Force has ever had an issue shaving? Right. Because nobody <laughs> nobody, right? Nobody has a beard, nobody has a shaving waiver if they're at that top level. And, right. and I talked to an officer one time uh, and asked him about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, well, you can't promote if you have a beard, if, if you have a, a, a shaving waiver. And apparently... The med clinic has stuff that works really well but it's expensive and they only give it to like right. yeah. senior leaders, yeah. officers, things of that nature.
1: They so they have stuff that works. Um I believe um I think as an airman I was mis- and I was erroneously given that cuz I mean they I mean the bumps went away um and then they they didn't have it anymore and so you know the bumps came back. Yeah, the bumps came back and I had to check, uh, get the waiver. Yeah. <laughs> so what I've done is just try to you know Electric, I had the uh, clippers. Yeah. Um, and then every other day, I had because for me it has to grow out mm-hmm. for me to get a clean shape because I can't with clip with razors. Um, now it bumps all over. It's like pickles. Yeah, like yeah, so, <laughs> pickles. Yeah, just all over the face.
0: I've never so. heard someone describe it as pickles. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I had. That's that's the technique that, that I went to as well. But the problem was is that I had to – I had one of those bronze self-cleaning things. Okay. But I had to remove the fluid because it had perfume in it, and that's what did it for me. But it, when I went uh, to straight alcohol, you know, right. rubbing alcohol, right. you know, not like putting <laughs> – you know, Don, Don Julio washing out my <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so there's a lot – so I had this, this situation when I was in Georgia, and it wasn't really a, a situation, but – uh, there were airmen in the break room talking about uh, how they should get paid more uh, to, to manage their hair. It, it was a senior airman, a young black woman who was saying she, she should get paid more mm-hmm. in order to put, put her hair in compliance with regs. Mm-hmm. Now, naturally my first reaction was like, like why? Right? right. And so I asked like, could you explain, explain that to me? You know, cause, cause it, like I don't get it, right. and I didn't realize. And when you think about it, the regulations are written for people of right. Western descent, like that type of hair. It's a different type of it's hair, and so to right. and so to actually do that, the money that that is invested in in getting hair, we'll say, in compliance, is substantial, and yeah. it can be very substantial. Yeah, and it forced me to realize at that point, like we need to redefine kind of the regulations in terms of like. Who were they designed to include? Right, because we're evolving regulations that were designed to fit a particular type of hairstyle, a particular type of individual, exactly, and that has changed dramatically. Absolutely. And so, it was it, it was interesting because it was like a month and a half later, the the Congressional Black Caucus had gotten together and uh, penned some open letters to the service chief saying, "You you need to change it." Now I don't know if she knew that beforehand. That's why it was a topic of of discussion at work. But after that conversation, I was like yeah absolutely like because right. that's not fair like you're essentially making less money yeah because of the style because, because your hair that you can do you nothing to, about right which you know? have to
1: maintain yeah exactly yeah. um a, a lesser uh example of that i guess you could say because i mean it didn't affect it doesn't affect monetarily like it did her this young lady but uh for the men so the part right mm-hmm. um before, like, I, I was just like, how come, you know, we can't have part? Well, you can it's just, you got to follow the regs. Well, if you read the regs. You can't have a hard part. Right. And, and yeah. it has to be natural, right? Yeah. For, and for for men of African-American descent to have a natural part, we have to grow our hair out. Like, uh-huh. we would exceed the, the regulation for length and bulk mm. to be able to part our hair Naturally, I see. Yeah. So, uh, the, uh, and this was, this was for years. Yeah, but, you're right. You know, like that
0: changed. I think that changed just after I got out. I got out 2019. Okay. So. Yeah. No, it did. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, Cause 2020, after I graduated recruiter school, the, it, it it had changed, and I got a part. I went I went straight to the barber. As I just went straight. Now they did it correctly, but they said, okay, just a straight line, not a design. It can't be a curve. It has to be straight. That's all. Okay, well that's all we wanted because yeah. for years our you know our, our Caucasian yeah. counterparts you know they were allowed to have parts and look good. And it, mm-hmm. it, the part I like the part because it it's, it's it's like it adds a it accentuates the face the, the mm-hmm. hairstyle is is perfect Look, it looks pre- sharp it looks sharp that's the exactly. bottom line and, and if
0: we're going to define the image of professionalism with the word sharp
1: there you go right so, <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm so i I've been elated recently with, yeah. with the regulation changes because it is a true reflection of the of our our air force yeah we're we're a diverse bunch. let's celebrate our diversity let's 100%. celebrate our, our you know our are uh, what makes us unique, mm-hmm. and I think that's what makes us g- great. We're better together. We need each other. Oh yeah. Um, so if you just kind of have the regs, con- you know, con- you know, conformed for one specific group, uh, then again, like that, that just breeds, you know, brings division. I feel so. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely excited. So
0: <laughs> it's it's funny when I got to Herbert. This this was like a thing. Now, me personally, everyone did a hard part in their hair. It's not something I I cater to enforce, honestly, for that reason because they all look good in it. Yeah. And they weren't abusing it. I was like, oh, I'll let it go. We got a new chief in,
2: okay.
0: uh, Herbert Hayes, great dude, loving to death. Uh, and he was very much a compliance first person. I am too, but not on the hard part. Gotcha. I didn't care about it, right? Because it didn't add anything to readiness.
2: Right, right, right. It doesn't
0: right. affect the mission it doesn't at affect all. The mission, ready. you know. And frankly, it looked good. So uh, he went to the barber that that did all the hard parts for everyone in the tower and said, "If you get any one of my airmen in here, you do not part the, you do not part their hair." Oh wow. Got got real extreme. So hard so, hardcore, right? so
1: hardcore.
0: So after I got out, well well he got his hair cut there too. And so he 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 made it a point. It was a it was a good little spot in uh Navarre, Florida, near the Walmart. But uh the the funny thing was is when that changed, I got texts because I was out. And so the airmen that I used to work with, were like, hey, we get a hard part. I said, Everybody needs a hard part. Yeah. <laughs> Even the women get a hard part. <laughs>
1: Oh man, absolutely, absolutely. I took, I took, sent her a picture the day that it was. I was, you know, able to to have one. And um, did it look better? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, she loves it. She loves it. So, yeah, that's that's uh, that's amazing. That's a funny story though. They got it's like everybody. They. And it's everybody funny that it they done. all hit you up. Like, I know. They all, even though you were out, they was just right. like, he needs to know. This. He needs to know.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll, uh, love those people, but. So let's talk about team blue, man. Now you, you went, uh, you know, somewhat, somewhat viral here recently.
1: Uh, chief,
0: uh, old old chief bass, uh, kind of shouted you out.
1: So none of this is me. I have to give all this credit to my, I call it my PA team. Uh, so my squadron. So when I first got, um, to my squadron, which is based out of Maxwell Alabama, Uh um, you know, and I told my wife, so she was the first one to know, like what I, the vision I had, um i felt like recruiting was going to allow me to be creative like use my my you know god-given gifts and talents to recruit and so i said hey i said hey baby you know if if my leadership lets me this is what i have planned like this is what i want to do what do you think and she was like i think that's a great idea like you know if, if they let you and they give you that green light go with it so at my orientation when i was in processing um Sat down, you know, talked to, you know, um, I didn't get to talk to the commander or the chief. They weren't there at the time, but I talked to my pro suit um, and my production superintendent and to let them know, hey, sir, like this is this is, you know, a vision that I have. Mm-hmm. And I just want to, you know, have my leadership's backing on it. Like, do you guys have a problem with this? And he was like go for it so when he gave me the green light and my leadership gave me the green light um then i started okay started getting to work uh so how long did it take you to write it oh um like what was it a like, day maybe like a day and a half so what because happens, you,
0: I, cause you incorporate a lot of stuff in there the yeah. different states the bases yeah, you yeah, know
1: yeah. And so <laughs> um so i've been so the thing is i had like i was I was going to supposed to be a rapper, right? Like back in back when I was young, everybody thought they were going to make it in music. Uh, so I come from a, like a, a background in music. My father is a, uh, he plays a guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, we all sing. Um, well, let's
0: face it, Georgia is home to like oh, so yeah. much music hi- history. It's it's the hip hop capital of the East Coast, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah. you know, especially um, like it's the capital
1: certainly of Southern hip hop. Absolutely, you know. So. Yeah, and um, and our city where we're from, me and my wife. Uh, it's Ray Charles' uh, birthplace. Oh, really? So a, the Ray Charles Monument is in downtown Albany, okay. Georgia. So, yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, wrote the, I wrote, well, I heard the beat first. You're good. Um, You're good. I wrote, heard the beat first, and then I sent it to her.
0: So, So, you made your own beats? So no no no, no I, oh okay no, got gotcha, gotcha. yeah I
1: just like uh certain you know
0: yeah there's 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 license free music my my uh, right yeah, right 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 yeah my intro song is is license free music so yeah.
1: got that down and then um, I asked her what she thought about it she thought it was hot I was like man I feel like this is this is it right here this is the the, the vibe I want to go with and then I just went home and then. She knows my creative process. Like she's so understanding. My <laughs> wife is. Like she cause she already knows. Like once I get in the zone, like she'll she'll yeah. get the baby. She'll get, you know, my stepdaughter, and they go in the whole other side of the house and they let me just kind of work.
0: So like, so do you have a mini studio at the house?
1: Uh, no, 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 not not okay. a mini studio or anything. Just a room. Um mm-hmm. so the studio I used, uh, he's on Instagram saying it's Vinny, Beats, but uh his name's Asher. Asher, I forgot his last name. Um, but he's in golfport. So what happened was when we just, she put everything together. Like I took like everything I, I'm telling you, when I have a support team, yeah. I have a support team. So she found the studios in the local area. She narrowed it down to location, like in, you know, how far they were from us, uh, did the cost comparison, all that. And then she let me write. So it was just my job to write. Right. So once I had the song written, um, then the video ideas I had, I was like, okay, I want to go here. I want to go here. I want to go here. She was like, okay, well, if we're trying to go here, we need to go around this time. Cause traffic and we need to get to the comms around this time. So she, she did all that. And then, um, and she recorded it like everything. And then I would look and see if it matched the vision I had in my head to begin with. And then
0: What a tough it. process it is. Because like you you you're the only one that can see your mind's eye. Yeah. You exactly. know what I mean? And and there's there's obviously some patience that, that has to be had because they can't see that. And the best you can do is try to is try to communicate it, but it's so difficult to to convey like a like scenery, a setting, a vision, a yeah, feeling. It's very she, difficult. So, yeah. And
1: she get, I know she gets frustrated sometimes because I, I'm like, we got to do it again. We got to do it again. But she, she allows me to have yeah. that, So the product comes out and then my leadership, man. Oh man. Like they're the ones that, <laughs> that I call them, they, they, they were the, they were the PR team. Like they hit the ground running, um, hosting it everywhere. Um, I definitely want to give a special shout out to, uh, Sergeant smiling, man, Janelle smiling. Like she and my pro suit, um, uh, senior master sergeant Stor- storm jeff Storman. um these guys man they went to work for me like as far as putting it out there to for it to even get elevated and and become visible to um aetc which caught hold of it and then it went up there to you know chief bass and i was just like
0: did you think it would get that far
1: no i never <laughs> so i made so the thing is i had the song the song was already written But it was for my kids, like Jackson County High School. Mm -hmm. I made it to to go along with my presentation, my PowerPoint. Because everybody goes in these classrooms when they go, how you doing, boys and girls? I'm Sergeant (laughs) Sir and So. And I want to talk to you about the benefits of the airport. And it's PowerPoint by death, right? And I just didn't want to be the same, man. I just wanted to be different. And I was like, okay, well, what's going to catch these kids' ears and eyes? And so I made the song for them. Mm. What happened was I I, I made the song. I didn't do the video, right? I just made the song. I didn't finish it completely, but I had it, like, for the most part. But I was like, that's down the road. It's for my kids. You know, I'm going to get it done eventually and record it somewhere. Well, what happened was um, an individual by the name of uh, Jody Reed, um, who was in the Air Force, Uh, has a YouTube channel called Jody with a Y. And it's basically because he's a recruiter um, and he was a former tier one recruiter, many production recruiter, street recruiter. And so he has a YouTube channel where he's answering questions about the recruiting process, what maps is like, what your first, you know, base could possibly be like, what's the process of signing up. So he started, started a challenge called the air force bars challenge so it was basically, you had to spit a rap about the benefits of the Air Force, and then you, the rules were you couldn't cuss, uh, you had to represent the Air Force in a positive light, and you had to go hard. Those were the only three rules, right? So this challenge kind of took off. And what happened was my, my pro uh Sergeant Stormin, was like, are you doing this challenge? So I was just like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. But I, wasn't gonna, I still wasn't gonna use my song for it, though. That was still for my kids, okay. right? So at the time, these were still two separate projects my wife actually gave me the idea and she was like well why don't you just use the song and just make a you know do the you you were going to do the video anyway now you just got to do it now cuz this is a do this is a do like you know now so that's what started everything i was like okay so finish the song um, shot. Then that changed the changed it a little bit. Cause I was like, man, this is a bars challenge. <laughs> you, know, you gotta, got, you gotta I, yeah, you gotta come with I it. Gotta now. Come with it. Got- right, right. So you know, I was like, hey let's, let's get the car washed. I want, I want my car, <laughs> my car. Um, so that's how I bought the car last year, and that's how I sold it to her. Letting me get it was, I'm about to be a recruiter, and I'm, it's gonna be blue, Air Force blue, I'm gonna put the Air Force on. It's gonna recruit for me, babe. That's how I sold it. And she, did you buy that? She bought it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She said, look, she, look, she, she knew you were going to yeah. get it anyway. She just making she, you work for it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's another play in the book. <laughs> she let me have it. Yeah,
1: she let me have it. So I was like, hey, we got to get the car in it, and um, we got to you know, spruce it up a little bit. So that's what happened. It was just perfect timing. And yeah. Uh, my, my leadership team, man, they they put that thing out there, and it took off. So, yeah.
0: Well, it's it's a great video. I ran across it, and I forget exactly what I saw in the video. I thought, like, oh, he's got to be local. I saw something in there. I can't remember what it was. Yeah,
1: I wanted to highlight the area, so it was, that that's right. I yeah. saw like so I put the beach there, I put the light Gulf house, sign. Gulfport sign, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was
0: like, oh, he's got to be local, yeah. you know. And then <laughs> that's 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 what I reached out yeah, to. I'm went, glad I did.
1: Yeah, no, I, 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 guys, you did too. It's just, the response from it was just overwhelming. Yeah, and, um, I just uh, it's just been a blessing. It really just has been a blessing. And so,
0: are you going to continue that media kind of kind of content um, production?
1: Yeah. Um, so. We so I I have actually so the thing was I've actually done like a couple of videos before that one. They were all like skits though, like comedic skits, mm-hmm. um, pertaining to like how to enlist in the air force, and that kind of that got visibility on those like that. The music video bought the views to that to the YouTube channel, and that actually picked up. Um, so you know now it's like okay, well, what's next? Um, but I'm definitely going to continue. Now I can continue, you know, my rapping in there. Um, yeah. some, some songs down the road and just whatever gifts I can use to to help me recruit is what I'm going to do. So,
0: well, you know, man, what, what's, what's great is that because of, because of technology, it's, it's lowered the cost of like production equipment, like, you know, like this, this, this podcast here, like this is accessible to to people because of the low cost of things. And, and I ran into um, a young lady in, in Pensacola who, who puts out videos and, 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 and she raps and whatnot and high quality stuff. She's very talented. And it's like, in the '90s, you'd be paying twenty five thousand dollars an hour in order to be able to do this, but people can put out high quality stuff now. So, yeah, I mean, by all means, continue the passion. I mean, you never know where it's where where it's going to lead to. I mean, yeah, this is
1: absolutely. Um, and I made that video, so we're actually discussing this, my wife and I. But in that video, that video is all done by the iPhone. It's all all iPhone. Uh, and there's an app, the editing, all that. the the, um, the only thing we went outside for was the studio to record the actual song. But that was it. Um, so I told her the next stage I'm going to take it is, you know, we're going to buy a camera, you know, and, and software editing programming. Uh, to... I would say get the software editing program, wait on the camera. Okay. Now, it, it,
0: and, and the reason being is because, so the, the iPhone, like the 10, here, I'll back up. A buddy of mine, uh, he does a lot of the videography for Discovery Channel for Shark Week, and he did like Duck, Duck Dynasty. He's been on a boat. Have you ever seen the episode of, of Shark Week where um, – like it's Shack and Rob Riggle. Yeah, that was his entire production set. He did that. That was him. He's he's down here. Like, and so when I was talking to him about getting a video, that's that's why I use a GoPro. Was was based on based on his advice because yeah. in in his camera suite, he he has iPhones that he uses. Wow. Now he's got the big rigs as well on the gimbals and whatnot. But right, right. Now he was telling me if you've seen like an action movie in the past five years, you've seen video taken off of an iPhone. That's crazy. So that. GoPros as well. So GoPros and iPhones. Yeah. So we
1: might have to Okay, cuz I'm thinking and I, and I you're not the first person to tell me that, though. Yeah. I I've, I've been told like, yeah, it's not really the camera, man. It's the it's the software you have, like the what you put, you know, it's not the lens so much just mm-hmm. as it's the um, the editing software and and things of that nature, so.
0: Yeah, I mean get the software down you can fix a lot of things in in, in post-production you need a computer for it like I'm kind of running my computer like at its limits oh, okay. um, I definitely need a bigger computer uh, but but yeah man definitely definitely keep keep at it I mean again I love the video everybody obviously loves loves the video you've you got some obvious talent here man so
1: I appreciate it like yeah. said, there, was a, there was a time in my life where I thought right before I joined the air force actually where I, I put some projects out and and that I thought that was what I was going to be was a you know it was a uh, entertainer and um, it was gonna be the football first and then it was entertaining it was just yeah. like those things just didn't work so Air Force saved me. Air <laughs> <laughs> Force saved me Give me uh, Well gave
0: look me. man you go through it and you grow through it you know Absolutely. and then Yeah, definitely. And that's the key there. So
1: what's what's next for you? Uh so next for me is we have uh in the recruiting aspect um a school, couple of school visits. So next week I'll be at Pascagoula okay. High School, um, uh, reaching out there. We were just at Van Cleve last week mm-hmm. and in St. Martin uh, this past week for ASVAB testing or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but just to, I mean, I feel that I now have a solid relationship with uh, the community mm-hmm. and the schools, and I just want to continue to nurture that and yeah. to grow that. Um, we have an event coming up in May, um, a beach bash event, um, with, uh, the young men and women we already have in our program mm-hmm. that have already enlisted. Um, but just to uh, have a, an activity, uh, event out on the beach and to kind of draw in some interest yeah. there from, from applicants and just people in general. So, um, mm-hmm. definitely working on that and, um, down the road uh just just a lot down in the docket me and my office partner man is we i really feel like i walked into the best situation the air force could have possibly created for me here it's just i feel like this this is home i've never been this is a great area yeah it really is it's amazing um there's a recruiter who is actually from this area um sergeant matt davis matthew davis amazing guy man i call this guy my og like uh-huh. we've never met in person like he'll be but he's from here so he's coming down here i've got a um, couple of those friends yeah. yeah and you just click online just, somehow just yeah. Clicked, yeah just click like like he was just like man I, I recognize someone who really like i recognize a real one when i see he's like you ha- you have that passion like that that pure genuine passion yeah. drive and we just been like so he's kind of helping me just from a you know from a distance like hey man you know um you know make sure you like you know keep your leads organized Mm -hmm. and, and things of that nature. Um, and then obviously like my flight chief, like, you know, Sergeant Phelps, man, Sergeant Ryan Phelps, that guy, I mean, he, I'm a rookie, right? He, he's basically pushing me to like, no, you're not a rookie. Like you can handle this. And he's giving me that confidence to, to just go all out and giving me that, that, um, that leeway to, to be myself. And I think that's really helped. Look,
0: I mean, it's, it's probably the most common theme here and I don't want to, you know, keep you too long, but, Man, it seems to be a recurring thing that that you're surprised by people seeing something in you.
1: Yeah, I got it. I mean, I mean, I, I don't yeah, know, but, yeah. But, but
0: but why? I mean, you, you you seem to be on the upper end of the successful distribution on most things you do. I mean, at what point are you going to allow yourself to have some credit for being being the stud that you are?
1: Uh, I, I think it's, it 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 stems from when I was younger, and she's laughing because she kind of knows the story. So that transformation right like from high school to like young adult like you know i was premature i was born premature baby okay um so like pure puberty all that came late and mm-hmm. so i don't know it's just like once everything clicked and i became who i am and everybody just thought i was a stud like well Okay, but on the interior though, I'm still like this humble, like I don't, you know, like the spotlight.
0: Everybody advanced
1: before you and you're always before me, right? In your
0: affordable years when you're discovering the world. Exactly, and your, exactly. Your place in the world. Wow, that's right. amazing. so
1: it's like when everything happened, it's just not, you know, who, who I am. And um, that's why I knew she was the one for me because, like, back when I was five foot seven, nobody, she, you know, she showed interest. Yeah. Like she, and it, it, that hasn't changed. So I think, um, I am starting to realize, though, you know the the good I can do uh, for others, and I think, and I told her like, as long as I can help others, like get you know reach where they're trying to go or positively affect them, man, like that that that's that's I think that's what I'm here for. So, I think
0: I think it was Jim Carrey who said uh, the effect you have on others is the greatest currency you'll ever have.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and actually, yeah, I know that quote well, yeah. and yeah. I think that's my purpose here. So. Um, if I can do that, then, hey, mission accomplished. There you go. Yes, I love it,
0: my dude. All right. Well, look, I've had a blast talking to you. We, we, we killed some time in here. <laughs> we killed some time. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> but, look, how can people get in touch with you if they if they
1: want to? Um. So, yeah, if um, you're trying to uh, – if you have any questions just about the Air Force in general, they can contact me at uh, my cell phone number, uh, 334-451-2692. Um, they can also contact me through email, email. Um, or they can. The best way to actually be social media. So if you go to Facebook and just type in T S G T Technical Sergeant Kristen Andrews, mm-hmm. um, I come up there. If you're on Instagram, if you just go uh, S G T Sergeant underscore Drews, Sergeant Drews, okay. underscore, and then pretty much every other social media platform, I'm Sergeant Drews on there too. Okay, uh, but the best way would probably just be through text at my my telephone num- my cell okay. phone number. And I'll
0: put uh, you know whatever information that you want on the post as well as on the website so so people can can get in touch with you man right so but uh, but yeah look if I can help you in any way with 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 what you're doing whether it be the platform or maybe the network that I have down here let me know love to help you you man, know i really appreciate so, that yeah, that sounds, yeah. Wow. no problem it's been <laughs> it's been fantastic talking to you man and good luck and keep pumping out those videos man absolutely thank you so much i appreciate, it. I appreciate the opportunity yeah allowing me to come on today oh too. easy stuff thank man you. easy stuff all right everybody we'll see you everybody i hope you enjoyed that episode i certainly did And if you want to follow uh, more and hear more, you can check us out on any of the major podcasting platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, everything. You can also follow us on social media. I've got a YouTube channel, so search for Shop and Chivalry. Subscribe there. We also have Instagram, just look for Shop and Chivalry, Twitter at Shop and Chivalry, and Facebook.com slash Shop and Chivalry. You can also shoot us an email at administration at shop and chivalry if you'd like to be on the show or suggest somebody or give more direct feedback you can also find that link on our website shop and chivalry.com where i have all my ramblings about the show what the show means to me that that particular episode i've got a blog other media on there as well as well as embedded players so you can play the shows and the videos for those that that have video as well so uh again Thank you for all the love. I appreciate all the feedback. It's been wonderful. I'm having a great time. And, uh, yeah, much love. I right. See you.